Welcome to my world and welcome to the homestead. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Monday, October 9th. We are here live. We are at the homestead for the first time for a live broadcast. If you were listening last night, we did a test here from the homestead. I replayed last Wednesday's show. So if you were listening to last Wednesday's show last night, that originated here. Uh, It was just a test to make sure the internet would hold up. It passed with flying colors. So we are here live today. Phone lines are open. Looks like calls are already starting to come in. We will, oh, you know what? I might have a problem. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to hear anything coming back to me. And I better figure out why not. There we go. Ah, I got it. I knew something sounded funny there. Uh, I think we got it, though. So we are live. The number to join us, 855 nine five zero three eight three five i have a couple things i wanted to talk about but calls are already starting to come in so i'll get to them pretty quickly go ahead and jump in and join us it is a free for all today we've got no theme we have no guests we have three hours to answer your questions or talk about whatever is on your mind so jump in and join us um one of the things i'm noticing an awful lot of um more so than I can remember in a very long time, uh, unions really seem to be striking a lot all of a sudden. Um, the UAW strike looked like um, they may have figured a few things out. Uh, I remember last week reading several articles that Mack Trucks was not going to be on strike over this. Uh, it looked like they were almost at an agreement, except now they're not. Um Mack Truck is, uh, UAW is striking at Mack Trucks. They rejected the contract. So uh, we've got that going on. There just seems to be an awful lot of strikes here in this country. And it's not just here. Uh, The UK ports, the United Kingdom, uh, it looks like they may um, strike as well. Now, I don't remember this, but they did strike uh, the UK ports we're on strike in the summer and fall of 22. And I don't remember that. I guess it did affect our um, supply chain. Some companies that they mentioned Ford specifically was really hurt by it. So it just more interruptions in the global supply chain that we need to keep an eye on as well. And uh, like I said, an awful lot of uh, strikes going on. The rates are continuing their weird drop. Um, Right now, the difference between the spot market and the contract rate is really wide, really wide, wider than much wider than normal. But we're heading into the bidding season right now. I have a feeling we're going to watch contract rates start to drop. This is when it would happen. Uh, Many of those rates are still the old contracts that were negotiated last year. So now we're getting ready to negotiate new contracts. Um, It's the bid season coming up. So I think we'll start to see the contract rates drop as well. So this spread uh, should close up some. Not that that's a good thing, um, but it's just what we expect to happen. Uh, what else do I have? Oh, this is another one we need to uh, 
keep an eye on. The Department of Labor is getting very close towards um, canceling the Trump-era independent contractor rule. So during Trump's term, they we got a pretty good um, reading on the independent contractor rule. Good for small business, good for independent contractors. Um, this Department of Labor doesn't like that. They don't want independent contractors. They want employees that they can control. And that's what they're going to be pushing for. So it looks like they're about to uh, reverse this one. And then we will go back to the prior ruling, the one we were under for years, which is very confusing. And so the attack on the independent contractor model is definitely continuing. We need to keep an eye on that as well. Uh, other than that, I don't think I had a whole lot. Uh, so I think I will get to the calls. Today is all about you and what you want to talk about. If you have a question, a comment, a topic, pick up the phone and join me. Let's get started. Let's go to Virginia. Paul, welcome to the program. Howdy. What's on your mind today? Um, uh mirror eye camera system so i left home on saturday afternoon and i left a little bit later than what i planned so i was cruising at a faster speed than i normally do but i was still seven eight mile an hour below the texas speed limit so that's fast enough for me yeah exactly i catch up i catch up to a maverick truck and uh i come up beside him and it's like i can see the uh the, the screen on the A-pillar as I'm coming up there beside him. And I, I was like, shit, I can see my truck coming up beside him and his screen. Oh, really? I was like, that's pretty cool right there. Yeah, it was the first time I've passed one at night. Yeah, interesting. I've seen it at Louisville Truck Show and everything. Right. And, um, uh, and then I get up beside him and I look across and I can see the screen. So I'm in the left lane, he's in the right lane, and I look across and I can see the mirror eye, the screen on the right-hand pillar. Oh, right, right. And I can see, and I can see down the right-hand side of his truck, plain as day. Wow, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's how good that system is, boy. Because there ain't no way you'd be able to look across someone's truck and look at yeah, their mirror and see right. at nighttime and see down the side of their truck. <laughs> right. So I, I was pretty impressed, and it's like, wow, that's pretty impressive right there. So. For all the non-believers out there that think that mirror eyes, that shit's no good, you're wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, I kind of yeah. I kind of think the same thing. It's going to take us a while to get used to it. I don't think it'll take long, though. I think within a couple hours of driving one of these things, you're going to be pretty used to it. It's not that <laughs> different, really. It's just better. Uh, I didn't study this one. Does this one track the back of the trailer when you're backing up? Uh... I, th- I think as as you like, I think it keeps an eye on the the uh, as edge. you go around the corner or you're backing it it, it. it it sort of follows it around a little bit. I think I'm not a. I think so too. Sure, I, I know I looked at one system that it would track the back edge of the trailer. So as you're backing in, you don't you're not just staring yeah. at the side of your trailer the way you would be in a side mirror. Of the trailer. Right. Yeah, I think. I think it does. I think it does that, but it's I was, I was pretty impressed and, and surprised, and it's like, well, I can see down the right hand side of his truck, yeah, and his that's screen crazy. better than I can, 
better than I can see down between us and my mirror. Right, uh, yeah. right. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, we were, yeah. uh, I guess we were just a little ahead of our time. When we built the first signature truck, I tried yep. to get approval for this. What a nightmare. I hate working with the government. I probably should have hired somebody to try doing it. I couldn't get anywhere. Couldn't get an answer from anybody on. Uh, and I, oh, the answer would, their answer would have been, we'll have to look into that. Of course, yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> we'll look into it. We're not sure that's safe. We'll have to do an investigation and spend a whole lot of your tax money to find out. Yeah, and here we are now 15 years later. And we're finally starting to yeah. see it. And and uh, it took big companies to get it done. We, we weren't going to get any traction with the FMCSA. Yeah, you're fighting against thunder. So. Yeah. Yeah. But that's yeah. pretty cool. So I'm on my, yeah. So I'm on my northern expedition headed for got three deliveries today in Pennsylvania uh, and Virginia. And then I'm headed to Saxonburg for tomorrow. So. Oh, good. Um, so how's the strike affecting things with you guys so far? Uh, I haven't noticed anything where I am, but a guy I talked to, and he he lives in Ohio, and he he was doing a lot of work out of Toledo. Well, that sort of dried up, and then then they called he went off to do something else, and then they called him. Oh, yeah, we we probably have some loads this week, and then he went back over there and he got a couple loads, and oh, we're not, it's not going to have anything, but some General Motors stuff, but it's made in Mexico and it gets railed up there on the train and he heard about that and he, he went in and got a load, went and delivered it, you know, didn't go too far, a couple of hundred miles and then he went back to get another load, he got back there, the, it was multi-stop and he got back there the next day and he said there was a bunch of trucks in there and a lot of them were from the same company I'm leased to and he said within a couple of days, he said there was probably a thousand units and poof, they were all gone. So, huh. <sighs> So people that were their normal stuff that they were doing that's not there now, and it's like, well, we've got to find something for the guys to do. So they snagged up all this other stuff from another carrier, right? Who don't have enough trucks to do. Yeah, they have a lot of work, but they don't have enough trucks. So they that, probably they probably put as much stuff on subhaulers as they move themselves. So that that's yeah. what we're gonna see. Uh, you know, the, 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 like I said, the striking thing seems to be getting worse, not better. The unions all over the place seem to be going out on strike. Teachers unions, the UAW, the ports, there's just... Uh, the, the health. Yeah, oh, that's right. That's right here where yeah. we are. Big, big health care strike here in um, Oregon and Washington. Uh, more so than I remember in a long time. I don't remember this kind of striking going on for... And it seems like it's been like 20 years. So it's weird. Yeah, to, well, uh, I, I, I don't know how this is going to affect all the other goofy stuff going on in our economy. It's just hard to say. And it seems like, it, you know, I have a feeling uh, unless there's something going on that I'm just not aware of some black helicopter stuff. But um, it seems like the logical reason that unions are striking right now is because of inflation. I mean, I, that that would yeah, seem to me if funny. there's. If there's a normal explanation, yeah. it would just be that prices are up everywhere and unions are saying, look, we our, our contract needs to keep up with this. It's kind of funny that apparently Joe Biden, he's the president for the unions. And yeah. maybe a lot of those union members voted for their president and they got what yeah. they voted for. 
So maybe they should have think, paid attention to the details. Yeah, maybe they yeah. think they've got the power to strike now. And uh, here's part of the problem, though. These are big unions that could have a big impact on our economy. And if everybody's contract goes up the way UPS did, I mean, UPS negotiated a pretty strong contract this time. Um, I, I have to believe that that just adds to inflation. Yeah, well, uh, if the price of everything that you buy goes but, up. Right. And it has to if everybody's – if big unions are negotiating yeah. better contracts, more wages, more benefits, the cost of things goes up. Yeah, my cost of living has gone up. You need to give me a raise. Okay, we'll give you a raise, but we're going to put our prices of those <laughs> products up that you buy or make. So it's that's a vicious what happens. circle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Right, I'll let you get to someone else. So All right. Have fun. Good stuff. Uh, so far, the technology seems to be holding up well. Uh, pleasantly surprised. I have to say, uh, I am just a fan of uh, Starlink. Pretty impressive company. This is my second uh, second time working with Starlink. I, last year? No, the year before, I think. Uh, I bought the Starlink for the coach. And I was kind of moving it back and forth, but I had that permanently installed on the coach. So out here in the homestead, this is about our only option is uh, satellite. We do have decent 5G here. It's kind of odd when you're heading here and you leave the last small town before you get here, you lose cell signal completely for several miles. And we thought that was going to be a problem out here. We, we could have solved it probably with internet calling. But for some reason, even though there is nothing beyond us, we end up with a 5G signal here on the homestead. So it's kind of nice. That's working well. And the Starlink, I am really impressed with. The fir- my first attempt, I had one problem, and it was a fairly big problem. One of my cables, they use very proprietary cables. You can't buy these cables anywhere else. They're only from Starlink themselves, proprietary connectors. And one of them, the design was just a little odd, and it the cable ran through the mount itself. So if you wanted to take the, the satellite, and, and these satellite dishes, if you haven't seen one, they're not very big. Um, they're not very big at all, it, like, if I had to guess, maybe like 24 inches by 12 across. And they're not not a dish. They're a rectangle. Uh, they're pretty small. So you can just carry it around. It's really light. But you had to leave the cable connected through the mount and carry the mount around. Otherwise, every time I took the cable off, I couldn't get it to feed back in there right. The That was the only negative I had to the entire experience with Starlink the first time. And the second time? They fixed that whole new design on the cable now, much, much better. Uh, So I don't know that there wasn't anything negative about this experience. I've never set up new Internet so easy ever. You take the stuff out of the box. um, They have this cool mounting system to put it up on the roof. So I actually have mine up on the roof of the greenhouse uh, with a long cable running to the house because that's the best spot for reception, and it seems to be working great. Uh, So very happy with Starlink. If you are not happy with your Internet, uh, look at Starlink as an option. It works 
anywhere. Pretty cool. All right, let's get to some more phone calls. Let's go to Missouri. Jerry, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin, and thanks for asking. I'm doing great today because I've already had a couple of dollops of the uh, pumpkin spice nut butter on some monkey brittle. I'm just doing great. Thanks for asking. Good. I I can almost smell the clove from here. (laughs) Oh, it's wonderful, isn't it? So... (laughs) Uh, you know, to follow through on Paul's comment about those, those mirrors, uh, any Maverick truck I've ever passed, they're not fully committed yet because they do still have mirrors on the trucks. They've all got those cameras up there and they've got the screen on the pillar, but they do still have mirrors. I don't think they're quite committed yet. Not ready to jump into the deep end. No, doesn't look like it. I just... I find still. it amusing that they, anyone I've ever passed still has the mirrors on it. So, I, so that, I'd love to talk to the driver and ask them if they're looking at the camera screen or the mirror, which one they're I, preferring. I almost think if I were to do this, I would not want the mirrors there. Just get rid of them. It, it seems to me like it would almost be confusing, you know, to your brain. It would want to keep looking at the mirror because it's there. Um, so I guess the, uh, the Maverick drivers are running around with training wheels. Um, yeah, there you go. So good point. I got a question about fuel gauges, Kevin, and I guess you understand that I am a newbie at using this fuel gauges. Okay. I've only got 2,714 tickets with 2,194,000 miles entered. <laughs> so I'm just a newbie and I do you really having trouble struggling to understand it. Yeah, I'm serious. I just, wow. 2,714 fuel tickets for 2,194,279 miles. I wonder if that's a record. We should probably go in. Um, If if Aaron's listening, maybe he could go in. Matt might be a little over me because he started, and I know I explained it one other time, as I am just so hesitant to accept technology, so I actually started at the beginning of a year rather than right when you introduced it. Okay. Because I just, I wanted to start at the end of a quarter, the end of a year. So I started it on January 1st of what year would it have been? 2010, maybe? Sounds about right. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure. That sounds uh, about right. Because I waited. And just as a, <laughs> just as a sidebar to know how foolish I really am is I had developed a form, a paper form that basically did the same thing as fuel gauges, well, cool. but it did all the calculations by hand. I, I made lines and I made squares and I got it all made up and I took it to a printer and had them all printed up on a pad so I could use one per month and I continued to use my hand calculated paper forms for probably at least two years after I started fuel gauges because wow. I, I couldn't believe that the fuel gauges would be right. I I just did them side by side for. <laughs> That's awesome. I just couldn't trust the yeah. couldn't trust the technology. But anyway, so I've been back in this for a long time. And here's my problem: is is that I I get the Nastic fuel discount, so I never know to the penny what my actual net cost is until I until the next day and I get my email and my time. I guess I'm not going to say it's valuable, but it's just the fact that I want to do it once and do it right. So I do it all on the computer after the fact. Now, here's okay. my problem: is that Lately, I've been having a problem, and I want to know what to do about it. If I get to that entry screen and I get all the information entered on that entry screen, and you click on Save Fuel Up, that little gear will go round and round and round and round and round, and then maybe it'll save the fuel up. Sometimes that little gear goes round and round and round and round and round and never, never, and then it'll go back to Save Fuel Up. You hit it again, and it'll go round and round and round, and it won't save the fuel up. When you hit Cancel, 
it'll take you back to that truck activity screen. And then when you refresh that, then it'll be there. Hmm. It'll do it this on is... two different computers with two different internet connections. I've got a really good, strong fiber optic uh, uh, cable running into my house uh, for, for internet. So I don't think it's a connection problem. It'll also do it on the laptop I carry in the truck, a different laptop that I carry in the truck off of Verizon's uh, internet connection. I have problems on both connections on both computers. Got it. So first what off, hell am I for, do about it? first off, thank you for explaining it very clearly. So I didn't have to ask about 10 questions that I already had in my mind and you answered them all. So you explained this really well and clear and concise. So thank you because you eliminated all the things I thought it was going to be. And that leaves me with no answers other than I'm going to put you back with Morgan and we'll get this might actually require Aaron. I'm, I'm thinking our tribe care team, if I can't figure this out from what you just told me, they're not going to be able to either. All right. So we might need to get you to Aaron to troubleshoot this. Now, one. Okay. Now, sometimes when you get safe fuel up, it will save it. Maybe right. I'm going to say maybe, oh, I don't know, Kevin, maybe. Four, three to four times out of ten, it will save but, it. Let me ask you one other goes, question yeah. that I don't right. think you covered. Are you using the same Internet browser on all of these computers? Is it Safari or Opera? or? Uh, yes, I'm using Google Chrome, I think so it is, using on both Chrome. of them, yes. Okay. So, now, I don't know what the um, – and, and I, I guess I – uh, let me think when it was Saturday, I believe I was home Saturday entering some fuel tickets and I'm trying to think, see, I don't know how I did it. I don't ever, ever, ever use the app, Okay. but I act, I did just for shits and giggles. I accessed it on my phone and tried to enter a fuel ticket and it did the same thing on my phone. Now that's However, really weird. Now that you said that it, well, I, it may be. Maybe I'm doing it through your website, which the phone would also use Google Chrome. I don't know. I'm not smart enough to know that. Okay. And, and that Aaron will, probably be. Aaron will help you figure that out. If you're on the phone, there are two ways. You could access the system through a phone browser, and then the browser still could be the issue. But if you're clicking on the Fuel Gauges app on your phone, then there's no browser. You're, you're connecting right to our system through our app. So we'll determine that first. Uh, hey, I think it was through the, because I go to my Google Chrome and then I go to the, to the website. Oh, okay. So, so no, I think it's through the website. So that's I think what it, it sounds be like. Consistently Google Chrome. That's what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, I hadn't thought of a different browser. And a lot of times what happens is the browsers are updated constantly and they push a new update and it breaks something. And that's why we have a programming team full time because they have to go fix this stuff all the time. Right. Now, um, I'm going to talk beyond my diligence again, but I think the Windows version on the home one is an updated or two different Windows version. I think I don't remember now. Is there 10 and 11 maybe like? Like the one at home is like Windows 11, and the one on my truck is Windows 10. I never did update the one on the truck because when I updated the one at home, it just changed it and it screwed it up, and I'm a creature habit, and I didn't want to. Yeah. No. So they're doing it on both, of, both Windows versions. Usually we don't have. Sense. It does make sense, and I understand what you're saying. Again, for somebody who doesn't 
who keeps claiming they don't know this stuff, you explain things well. It, it makes it easy for me. Um, we don't normally see problems with the operating system itself. That, that's more rare for an operating system to mess with things. The browser, though, browser issues are common. I have, oh, I bet I have four different browsers on my laptop because as soon as I run into a problem like that, I switch browsers. I, I'm having a, I, I'm actually having an issue right now with our website, letstruck.com. Most of the time it works great, but on Safari, occasionally I'll go to click on a page and it just won't load. It'll just sit there and I'll restart it and it's updated and it just will not want to load a page. And then if I open up Opera, it loads the page in seconds. If you load up, what was the second one you opened it on? Opera. Ever heard of that one? Yeah, it's one of my favorite. If I use something other than Safari, it's it's going to be Opera. Um, but this has been this way since web browsers came out. When we start running applications through web browsers, you can have problems. And we're, we're constantly okay. fixing them, and I'm constantly jumping over to other browsers to test things. So it, it, we deal with that a lot. Yeah, I got on my home computer, I do occasionally use, kicking and streaming, I'll occasionally use Microsoft Edge, I believe it is. Is that a browser? It's Yeah, I think that's okay. one of their new browsers. Fairly well, new, I, I say I new. I hate but... it, but the only, the, the only reason I use it is because that was the one that was loaded on the computer when I right. got this little laptop I keep at home, and I got a couple of things like, for instance, my IFTA and my New Mexico. I already had those in the Edge, so I'll go back and use the Edge because they're saved with all my login and everything on the Edge, and I've never transferred them over to the Chrome, but maybe I ought to go back and try Microsoft Edge with fuel gauges and see if it I hadn't even thought of it being browser. You know, when you talk with Aaron, he'll give you the, the browsers that we have the least amount of trouble with. And my guess is we may not even support Microsoft. I know when when they were, you know, for years, Microsoft had Internet Explorer and a lot of companies just, right. just stopped supporting it. it. It was a mess to keep up with. I think think we may have stopped supporting that. I don't know about Edge at all. I don't know if we, uh, what we do at that. Okay. But it, that, that's why this is going to be an issue for Aaron, I think. All right. Well, just, I'll just have him call me someday. No big deal. Uh, well, I'm going to, I'll put you back in the queue right now and uh, okay. we'll, we'll let Morgan arrange something so that we get this taken care of quickly. Uh, let's continue on with the calls. It is a free-for-all today. I'll be here for three hours, uh, two and a half now, or until we run out of questions. It's up to you. I have plenty I could work on today. I got to get busy working on a keynote. A keynote is not coming to me, and I'm uh, getting a little worried. We're getting closer Writing things like this, and it was really time for me to write a, a good keynote speech for this group. I'm excited about speaking to this group. Uh, it really is my target audience. And I thought writing the keynote was going to be easier. I think part of the problem is there's just been way too many distractions, too much on my mind. The, the whole writing process for me, I don't really understand it. What I mean is uh, I'll sit down to write and... There's just nothing. Writer's block is a real thing. Just nothing comes, no matter how hard I try or how hard I don't try. 
Sometimes you just got to relax and not try so hard, but that doesn't always work either. And then something happens and I get in a zone and I get the theme and then it gets easy and I can just write it and get it all out and then I can work on tweaking it. That part's easy. I know how to do that. What I don't know how to do is I don't know how to get this initial spark and it's not happening this time. But I, again, I think it's just because I'm too distracted with too many things. So we're, we're certainly not anywhere near moved in to the homestead. That's not going to happen for months. We're already planning construction. Um, but I do need to spend a lot of time over here. So, but it, it feels a little more settled now. Um, last night was the first night we spent here that kind of sort of feels like we're a little settled. Um, so, I've got to get busy on that. I have a lot of stuff that has to happen before I leave here in uh, in less than two weeks now. Yeah, this is happening fast. I uh, pick up the coach this Friday. That's a big thing, too. It's still on my mind. Is everything going to be right? Am I going to be able to make the trip with this thing? Um, I really didn't want to push it this close, but that's how things happen sometimes. We're going to get to the calls. Let's go to Kentucky. Phil, welcome. Hey, good morning, Kev. Um, I got some uh, test results on uh, for some blood work I had done. All right, and I was wanting to get your get your thoughts on it. They flagged uh, potassium at five point five. Okay, that was one of them that they flagged. I didn't know if that was something I needed to be concerned of. I think five is the is when it gets out of range. Yeah, there's there are a couple problems with with blood work. Are you working with a functional practitioner or just a standard doctor? Just a standard doctor. M- most of the ranges they're looking at are just wrong. Like a lot of things, the the one right. thing we have to understand: all of our ranges, even even the functional ranges, they're better. But most of all of the research on all of this stuff has been done for decades with people who eat the standard American diet. And we find as functional practitioners that when you change your diet, those requirements change. And I don't know that we know the right numbers yet. There are times where we think Mm -hmm. that a nutrient might be really low, and yet we don't see any symptoms. We don't see any signs that, that it's a problem. So I, I think we still have a lot to learn um, about a lot of these nutritional values. I wouldn't get too crazy about potassium right now. What else did they flag? Uh, well, my uh, the usual cholesterol. I'm sure we get that all the time. What uh, was your total? The total, the total was two twenty nine. See, I think that's uh, nothing wrong with that in my book at all. That's right where mine is. I think if I remember right, mine was two twenty something. Um, do you have your other numbers in yeah, front of you? They, yeah, yeah. The triglyceride fifty. Oh, that's excellent. HDL, HDL fifty nine. The VLDL was an eight. The LDL was one sixty two. And it's got cholesterol, HDL, 3.88. And your doctor wanted to put you on a statin. Well, no, I haven't, I haven't gone to him yet, but I'm sure oh, he that's will. what he's going to ask. He will. And you know <laughs> yeah. what? He, he has to. If he doesn't, right. yeah. if, if he doesn't the, his, his licensing board will give him pressure. 
it, it, it's awful that doctors don't even have the, the freedom to make their own decisions anymore. They're forced into all these numbers, um, no matter what the rest of the circumstances are. So I, I, I'm going to make a guess, see if I'm right here. You're not really eating the standard American diet. No. I didn't no. think so. Not with I've, those numbers. Uh, I do a lot of, yeah, I do a lot of uh, fast. Monday through Friday, I fast pretty much and eat one meal a day. Excellent. Weekends when I'm around the wife, there's food all the time. Sure. Now, the one yeah. thing that I don't know if this is a concern is my glucose is at 101, and mm. they flag that. Yeah. No, I can explain that, and I could have predicted that. So this here's another example of the way we look at blood sugars completely wrong. We, we think we should be seeing these 70s and 80s as ideal for fasting blood sugar. But we know when people are eating the proper diet, you almost never see. I don't I can't tell you the last time my blood sugar was 70 something. It almost never happens anymore. Mm-hmm. I almost never go below 90, but my I almost never go above 140 either. So my range is nice and tight, which is what we want. What happens is the standard American diet with 300 grams of carbs a day starts giving you high and low numbers. You start getting the 160s, 70s, 180s. You also start seeing 80s, 70s, and 60s. It goes wrong in both directions. And then that's why low blood sugar becomes such a problem for people. But what we find is when you're eating a low-carb diet, whether it's keto, carnivore, low-carb paleo, whatever it might be, a real food diet, that bottom number just doesn't get down into the 70s or 80s anymore. It tends to stay above 90. And when it gets above 100, then they'll claim you're pre-diabetic. But you're not. Not even close. Yeah. Uh, one other thing, I um, just started about six months ago. Now, I had a leg injury where I broke my tib to fib and shattered my ankle, and I've Oof. got 23 screws and two plates in that oh. right leg. Ever since I had done that, I kind of have kind of a dull, uh, tingly feeling in my big toe and that. Uh, and just like I said, about six months ago, my left foot started kind of getting that tingly feeling in my right hand, the pinky would get the kind of a, a dull, tingly feeling. But Did, when I get up and move around a lot, it, it seems to go away. But if I'm sitting somewhere for a while or I'm laying somewhere for a while, that's when I, I really notice it. Uh, okay. So like I say, when I get up and have movement, it kind of goes away. That tells me something. There, there are two things that could cause the kind of feeling you're talking about. It could be neuropathy, which is nerve damage, and we see a lot of that with diabetics. And, and what's happening, actually, is the, the sugar is coating the nerve endings, and then they stop firing right. properly, and we get what's called neuropathy. What, uh, before I answer this, let me ask one other question. Did they give you an A1C number? In this blood work? Uh, no. No A1C, really? Or why they wouldn't have I, done that? I don't, well, I don't think there was anything in there. Uh, it, like I say, it, I'd, I'd have to go I mean, based and pull on, it up. 
Based on the way you're eating, I can't believe we have any blood sugar issues. So I don't think this is neuropathy right. at all. I mean, that just wouldn't even make sense based on what I know right now. What it can be is circulation. Poor circulation right. can cause the same thing. Um, if that is a concern or if it continues or if it gets worse, I would consult with Dr. Wolfson on that one. I mean, that's a cardiology issue. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, because like I say, if I get up and move around, it, that's it's that's why I think it's circulation because the the movement. Right. Now, it, here's something that you could probably make big improvements in this on your own without even consulting with anybody. The best thing to fix this is cold exposure, mm-hmm. cold showers, okay. cold plunges, ice baths. What that does is that your skin is going to get so cold, your body's going to try to warm it up, and it does that by forcing blood through the capillaries to the to the skin. And by doing that okay. over and over and over, it kind of like cleans out the system and gets our, our arteries and veins and capillaries working better. And that's really what's going wrong for you. That's why you're getting numb in the extremities. Okay. You're not getting good blood flow out to them. And the cold exposure can can kind of force that to happen and fix that. Okay. Well, would it be all right to tell? I take a uh, a bucket of some cold ice water and just stick my feet in there and Th- that helps. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, that helps. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I might try that then before I jump to something else. Then I appreciate yeah, g- it. Give it a shot and see if you see some improvement with that. Okay. Will do. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Let's go to. New York this time. Jack, good morning. Good morning. Uh, yeah, I ran uh, the Mirai truck for three years. Did you really? So, yes. So, I, I started in 2018, and, you know, I ran it till uh, March of 2021. Did you have mirrors as well? Physical and, mirrors? Yeah, I had physical mirrors because the company that I was working for didn't want to take those off because... Of course, my truck was slip seated quite often, so I became uh, I I became very good at working with the mirror eye. Because um, basically, in 2018, they came out with it, and we were in a pilot where we we you know diagnosed the problems with it and improved it. So basically, basically, what you were talking about the trailer, the trailer. The camera follows the tail of the trailer. So when you go around a corner, you can actually see the the total corner even down to your tandems. So, you know, basically Very nice, yeah. Basically basically when I went around a corner, I wouldn't I wouldn't be looking straight ahead. I'd I could turn around a corner just by looking in the mirror. Yeah. Very you know? nice. So I I could I could swing around it. And then when you're backing up they have it where when you put the truck in reverse, it takes the camera and then zooms it in. So when you're backing up, it multiplies it. So you can actually see the back of the back of, you know, backing up to a dock, you know, where, right. where before it wasn't, it wasn't there. And you, you know, your perception with a camera is different than a perception with your, with your mirror. I'll bet. Yeah. So, so, so the other mirrors in the truck too, they have a center mirror or a center screen where you can actually see the right front of your truck. 
So when you're going around a tight quarters, you can actually see the front of your truck so you don't hit any object in front of you. And basically, as a car is coming up on your right-hand side, like Paul was saying, he was in the left-hand lane, you could actually see the car back by your tandems coming up alongside you, you know, and, and seeing where, where, where they were. And uh, you could also see probably 20 feet into the shoulder, you know, as you're driving down the road, you know, in, in that right. screen. So uh, it's quite a setup. And then uh, the other, the other, you know, the super truck too that Freightliner has, they put on a new new camera system called Meckerlang Bosch, which has been used quite a bit with the Mercedes in the UK. And that's I think that's probably a better setup because basically everything that Meckerlang Bosch had, Mirai pretty much copied. Got it. You know, it, to to work. So, and one of the so, things we'll see so, here is is this will just continue to improve. It's it's new. It's not nothing about these kinds of systems is expensive. I mean, cameras are dirt cheap now. Software can get better, and these are all run by software. So I I just think we're going to continue to see improvements in these systems, and it sounds like they're pretty darn good already. Well, the best the best thing about it is. Like when you're running rain, you see clearly like it's like, you know, like there's no rain at all. That's awesome. You know, yeah. The way the, the, way the camera, you know, you don't get the, the water that's on your mirror. Right. Because, because the way the camera designed, there's nothing that can get on the lens. So what you're seeing is like it's not even raining out. And the same thing and for it, snow, you, you, you see everything clearly. And so you, you don't have can, to go out there and put... It's illuminated so at night, right? And... Yes. So yes. that so that tells yeah, me they're using IR, and that's why you're clear in the rain and snow too. It's not just that there's nothing on the lens; that's part of it. But the IR is seeing through the rain and snow the same way it sees through the dark. Right, and then also you can adjust all that stuff: intensity to lower or higher or whatever. You can. Like at night, you can brighten up your screen so much that, you know, it's like, you know, it's like daylight out. I, I this you know, is, so, so you, you know, when I first started talking about this back in 07 and we, we wanted to, to try something like this, we were working with a company that had come out with Fender, um, Fender cameras to replace, replace the Fender mirrors first. And you were allowed to do that because there was no requirement to have those Fender mirrors anyway. And the company we were working right. with ultimately went out of business, but um, they had a pretty darn good system back then. They could track the trailer corner, just like, you know, you're explaining now. Uh, and we were pretty impressed with the system back then. Uh, so, uh, but we got a ton of pushback. People are like, oh no, they're just going to break all the time. What are you going to do when your camera goes out and you can't see... You know, these things are far more dependable than that. Well, when I first started with with the pilot that we were on, there was times where, you know, like I would just get a black screen, you know, the thing would go right out, you know. But but eventually, you know, when we got more and more involved in it, that improved. Exactly. And that didn't happen at all. Right. And then basically there's, there's also emergency setup where, 
you know, like if you lose one part of the camera, you lose, lose the other part of the camera. But, you know, like like your your lower mirror, you know, because you got you still have your top mirror, and you still have your lower mirror for your convex. And with your convex, you can actually see, like if you're rolling down the interstate, you can actually see over another lanes all the way over to the shoulder. Nice. You know, yeah. what's, what's going on on the other side of the road, you know, which is just, it's just totally awesome. And then I have another answer for you for Jerry with uh, the problem with your website. Uh, one, one of the other members had a problem trying to order product on your website. And Aaron suggested for him to use Safari, and he was able to order something. Which comes back to the browser, which the, and that's what I was recommending, that this Correct. is probably going to be a browser issue, but uh, I'll let Aaron work with them and get it figured out. Safari works best most of the time on all of our stuff. Safari works best, but not always. Uh, and there are other no, browsers, and we, we support most of them. Yeah, but most most of your equipment that you use actually is Apple products, so so maybe maybe that's the reason for that. It, yeah, you know? we're we're you know, I, yeah we're very Apple centric. There's no doubt. Yeah, yeah, because I work with Aaron quite a bit on the on the app. Good, so, good. You know, I'm pretty 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 familiar with everything that's going on. Excellent. So, all right, all right. Appreciate the uh, the heads up on that. Great information. Let's go to New Mexico. Boytek, good morning. Hello, hello, hello. Can you hear me? Uh, I can. I can. You almost sound like you're on this planet. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't put it that way. Um, I'm on a planet. I I don't think I'm on this planet. (laughs) Um, So I couldn't couldn't quite uh, hear that caller that had something, some injury to his foot or something with screws or something. Yeah. Uh, I didn't he, quite catch so how, he, how that happened. I don't think he said. He just said he had a had an okay, accident, so, well, broke I, the tibia and fibia and shattered the ankle and had like 23 screws and plates and rods and all okay, kinds of hardware. That sounds, that, unless he stuck his foot in a garbage disposal, that sounds like some kind of a, a, a impact injury. Yeah. Uh, that usually sends a shock up your spine, which I'm familiar with because I've had that several times. And what happened to me, I had an injury on my uh, upper spine. Well, my spine's all messed up anyway. But I had an issue. He mentioned that he had, uh, like, tingling and numbness shooting down his arm and his fingers and i had the same thing for several months and what it was it was a pinched nerve there's the nerves go through your spinal column through tiny little holes uh in all sorts of ways and when you have any sort of inflammation between your discs or in tissue around your uh spine and your vertebrae it pushes on those nerves. That and makes sense. It's not going to hurt right there. At the, it's not going to hurt right there at the at the where the actual pressure is. It's going to manifest itself downstream at the tips of the nerves, which that. and you know, like I had a, a burning sensation down through my elbow and in my uh, trigger finger on my right hand. Uh, it was numb. Just the fingertip hey. was numb. 
Hey, when things and start messing, station in a certain spot. when things start messing with our trigger finger, that's serious. That's right. Yeah, don't be so messing I with my trigger doctor, finger. I went to the doctor, and of course, the first thing was without even doing any kind of examination. Oh, yeah, we're just gonna go in there. We're gonna snip that nerve. Everything's gonna be a okay. Oh. In and out procedure, no problem. I'm like, yeah, no thanks. No thanks. Oh, yeah. So, but anyway. So what I did, I started doing some research how to heal that, and apparently uh, your uh, the discs between your vertebrae, they need to be uh, hydrated, and they need to have proper uh, number of nutrients or just proper nutrients in yeah, imagine that fluid that. in order to function properly. So bone broth, uh, uh, a lot of... Uh, I would eat. I ate a lot of connective tissue. Good. Which obviously would have those. I, I made bone broth from uh, the spine of my my the pigs that I raised. Excellent. Uh, it was delicious, and and it within several months, it I cured that condition, and I no longer have a problem. Outstanding. And I didn't have to go into the butcher and get yeah. you know cut up <laughs> now and have years and decades of problems. Yeah. You know what? You're describing exactly what chiropractic is based on. Chiropractic is based on the idea, and this is why chiropractors will claim they help heal the whole body. They're not just fixing your spine because you have back aches. That That's just one part of it. The bigger part is that when they keep the spine in alignment and the discs spaced properly so you're not pinching and putting pressure on nerves every part of the body works better because every part of the body is controlled by these nerves that come out of the spine sure uh, but uh, you know uh, when i see videos on the internet of of those people tweaking uh, their patients it looks like some kind of medieval torture <laughs> i would never let them touch me that way i know i know of somebody that got that has been injured by a chiropractor. It, it uh, can happen. It, crippled it, for life. It, it's pretty rare. I, yeah, I will I just, say I'm, uh, I'm, a, uh, I'm a pretty big fan of chiropractic. Always have been. Now, here's the interesting thing, though. I started going to a chiropractor when I was 12. Remember that? Actually, I went to my family doctor who, who practiced chiropractic, and he fixed me the first time. And then I have been going to chiropractors on and off my whole life until recently. Once I changed my diet, I, okay. I, I haven't. Well, I went to a chiropractor once when I really injured my lower back, and it was a true injury. And they, you know, got me fixed up pretty quickly. But for the most part, I don't need chiropractors anymore. And I think it's just the nutrition that right. helps so much. That's exactly what I was going to say, because why do you have to keep going back? Right. No, I, I get it. Yeah, you're right. But they almost broke it. You know, obviously, it's not a natural state to have to keep going back. Correct. But anyway, we can yep. talk about that for, forever. Uh, what I called in about is um, I am currently uh, in the censorship purgatory of Twitter. Uh, I must have hurt somebody's feelings because I got... My account deleted. You're kidding. Uh, somebody uh, didn't like. No. <laughs> uh, somebody did not like uh, my joke on Twitter, and uh, they got their feelings hurt. So they went to uh, Daddy Musk and oh, uh, you know started crying. 
And, um, yeah, so, but the funny thing is, I mean, I've made another account, but the funny thing, I made a comment, like, uh, you know those idiots in uh, Europe where they uh, glued themselves to the road oh, yeah. to protest? Uh, yeah. Uh, for, yeah. So I, I, there was a video going around of the police cutting the concrete in the road out, and I just made a comment that I thought was funny in my twisted brain. I said, well, why not? It'd be cheaper just to cut the hand off, and, uh, you know, I bet no idiot would pull themselves to the road again. I don't see a problem well, that with violent, that. Uh, violent, violent speech. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, but that was violent speech. So, um, you know, they, you know, but the, my point is that Khomeini can, uh, you know, push genocide of the entire nation of Israel. Right. And that's okay. Right. And they allowed, they allowed to keep that on. And they even have a statement. Well, this violates the rules of Twitter, but we decided to keep it up in the public interest. I'm like, oh, so when somebody that advocates for genocide has a big enough account right. where they bring in a lot of ad revenue, that, that violent speech is okay. Got it. Okay. Yeah, so that's it, basically how selective those, uh, you know, rules the screeners feelings are. Right. And we, we still have to remember, right. and I'm hoping this is the case. Um, Elon Musk has made huge improvements in censorship and transparency. It's still nowhere near perfect. And I'm hoping it's just because it, it's not because these are his policies I'm hoping it's just because it's such a big beast and you've got algorithms that they haven't had time to rewrite yet. You still have people in there making decisions. It's not like Elon Musk is looking at all, you know, 800 million users or how. So I'm hoping it continues to get better because there is is still a lot of censorship going on. Um, It's better than any other platform out there right now. And, and I hope it. Oh, no doubt. I hope it continues to get better. I I got a, a a comment banned the other day, and I didn't even think about it when I wrote it. There was a video. There is a guy. I don't know if you've seen him or not. I think his name is Alan Roberts. He's um he's a, a keto or a carnivore guy. I think um works out a lot, you know, looks like he's in really good shape. But his whole thing is he goes over to TikTok and he finds all these videos. I guess this is a big trend now on TikTok that obese people, almost exclusively women. I don't know that I've seen a man do this yet or not. But he finds these videos of obese women who who make TikTok videos about everything they eat all day long. And they eat it while they're making these videos. And they they brag about how much they eat and what they eat. And they're clearly morbidly obese. And he takes these videos and he brings them over to Twitter and he just rips them apart. And he does it all day, every day. And he had one the other day. Get this. The woman was obese. She was following some TikTok influencer who was also obese. And her problem, she wasn't upset that she was obese and unhealthy. She wasn't the right kind of fat. 
her her butt didn't look right when it when she gained weight and her she she thought i i'm the kind of fat that nobody likes i mean this was her whole video it wasn't that she wanted to lose weight and get healthier she wanted to be a different kind of fat i i'm watching this and i'm like I, I can't even get my head around this and her comment she actually made a comment on the video she said well well, what am I? You know, why, why am I not the right kind of fat? What am I? And I said, you know what you are? You're deranged. That's what you are. You're deranged. And that comment got banned. How do people yeah. think like this? It's, you know, it's very, very if mental illness, uh, you know, supports your political and social agenda, then it's no longer mental illness. It's just, I don't know. It, 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 it's all kinds of like, I think I think I came onto, on, onto the radar of somebody, maybe I'm just, you know, didn't boil hat territory here. Yeah. Because I started talking sure. shit about Newsom and, 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 and politics and, and, and things like that. And I'm like, I mean, nobody, so who the hell cares? Uh, well, I, I, I can still sure see. Automatic thing. Yeah. But here's I, my question. Oh, go ahead. Here's my question. Uh, so on this uh, new account I allegedly made, I can't see any spaces. Like, I, I try to find, you know, uh, Twitter spaces, but it says, oops, something went wrong. It's not your fault. Try again. But I'm not buying that. I think they're tracking either my phone ID address or email. Um, theoretically, I would do that, or somebody would do that. I'm asking for a friend, of course. Yeah, you're, um, is you're, our space is not working or something, or what? Well, <laughs> am I, I, I still in the purgatory? I I wouldn't think you're in the purgatory. I wouldn't think that you're being targeted on this. I mean, I still get that message every now and then. Oops, it didn't work. Try again. Sometimes when I'm posting, um, Spaces is a little weird. They still have a lot of work to do on Spaces. I like it. I, I don't know if it's had problems the last couple of weeks because I haven't done any Spaces in the last couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. But I, yeah. I, I, I well, occasionally... I I'm being targeted. Uh, yeah, I, I... Boy, if I, you're... I think I am being targeted. If, and, if they and, are... Know, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I am being targeted. So, yeah, I'm trying to... F I, I guess with technology, they could certainly identify devices somehow. And I don't... That seems like a stretch if they're doing that kind of stuff. But I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I'm pretty sure I'm being targeted, just that's what all the evidence is pointing to, and I may have to file some kind of discrimination lawsuit, uh, you know, being a black uh, trans lesbian. Sure. I think they're discriminating yeah. against me, and uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to get in touch with my congressman. Yeah, given that you are a black Sorry, trans... Yeah, give, given the fact that you are a black trans lesbian, I, I think you should probably end up owning about 10 or 20 percent of Twitter after this is over. Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to that. All right. I'll cut you in on that. On that. Good. So when, when's the next space coming up? Um, probably not till I get back from this trip. I, I may try to squeeze something in, oh, but it, 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 it's not looking like it's going to happen. So I, I expect oh, okay. to be back. I'll see you in Nashville. 
Yeah, I expect to be back from the trip uh, sometime around the second week in November or so. Uh, I'm going to leave early, so I've got plenty of time to get there. Um, that'll also give me time without a lot of distractions to work on my keynote and some other things before I get there. Um, and I need to leave some extra time there or I would push that a little more, but I got to be there. So I, I can't push that too close. Once the event's over, I can shoot straight home and not have to worry about time. Let's go to South Carolina. Annie, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. What's on your mind today? Um, if you remember, I was driving a Cascadia for a little bit, and I finally got rid of that money pit, and I'm back in this uh, 03 Volvo, which has been a good truck. I'm going to try. I haven't been in it long enough to get a, a good fuel mileage base on it. And for what the previous runs that I've done with it, it's probably going to be in the mid-sixes, but I'm going to try to get it up. Everybody's laughing, thinking it ain't going to hit eight. But I don't know. We're going to try. Oh, I don't see why it couldn't. No, it's, it's got an ISX, free emission, no EGR. Um, I just put the manifold on it because when I had it, uh, some work done, they had some broken bolts. And I said, well, I was planning on putting that manifold, the full tilt. So I got that on there in the fleet air filter. And I've got uh, the Yokohama 617s all the way around. And let me tell you what I'm doing now. <clears throat> My flatbed is parked, and I'm trying out working with uh, TJ. Okay. Pulling his trailers. Uh, I've only done a uh, couple loads with him. I'm uh, working my way back up to New Jersey to grab a trailer and try to get uh, back to Texas. But he's got me doing a uh, triangle from uh, Texas to the Carolinas and up to Jersey and then back. So what I'm going to do is run this for about a month, see how the numbers look, and go from there and see if it's feasible or not. Excellent. He's got he's got some good equipment. Uh, it's all fairly new briefers, super singles. Some of them have a forward lift axle. He's got the fly swatter mud flaps and the... Um, different under trays and skirts and whatnot so I yeah like he it. he uh we'll just have to see what the he, money is <laughs> he, he runs a great operation over there yeah so far so good but good like I said, we're gonna run it good. for a month and see how it is and then i'll let you know and uh whatnot but all right you know well it's funny i was listening to some of the spaces from uh that other group yeah and and it's hilarious because they're, they're the, the, the guy that started it there, I don't remember his name, but he's going like, he's looking at J.B. Hunt, TQL, and, you know, everybody's revenue is down because of the economy. Right. But he's on there bragging, well, we're boycotting them, and we're, we're really putting a hurting on them because... Oh, you have got to be kidding me. They are not claiming they that the they did that, are they? <laughs> yes, I'm serious. They're like... You know, what did I got, 45 members? You know, well, they're they're, like, we they, know we're putting, it, it's hilarious because they actually, they're like serious. We put a hurting on J.B. Hunt and and, and uh, TQL well, and all these brokers. We're, we're just not hauling for them and their revenues are down and they everybody's uh, revenue is uh, down. <laughs> uh, well, 
absolutely everybody's <laughs> revenues down. And if they think that they are actually having an impact, they're they're more deranged than the fat chick. <laughs> Who watches fat people eating? I mean, is that? They, I mean, and they probably got hundreds of thousands of followers. Oh yeah! But, wow, this fat chick's eating a hamburger and it, cake and pies and right. diet soda, and it's like I'm gonna follow her and comment. I, I don't get that it. It's just gotta be. I know. I don't. I don't either. I, I don't get it. And this guy, but, this guy takes those videos and just rips them apart day after day after day. Um, and he takes an awful lot of heat from it from a lot of people, but I think it's uh, it's exactly what should happen. Look, if you want to do that, knock yourself out. It, it to me, it seems like just really deranged thinking. I mean, I, I just don't understand that yeah. thought process at all. Yeah, but I wanted to let you know about. Uh, I called them last month, and I had to get over to Texas get a trailer and. Like I said, I'll, I'll, yeah, it's only I, been, this is my second week, so I'll keep you posted on it and excellent. see how it goes. And Looking forward to it. All right. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Ohio. Mike, welcome. Well, what's going on? What's on your mind today? Good morning this morning. I, I am. I just well, watched, uh, I just watched a doe and a fawn tear through the field like, Something was chasing them, but I don't see anything chasing them. Ah, well, they're good life, isn't it, out there? Oh, I can't even tell you. I got to say, you've lightened up a whole bunch since the old radio show. <laughs> yeah, I can kind of feel that. I'm serious. You really have. You were so goddamn serious back then that I was afraid to call in sometimes to ask you some questions yeah. like how I could ride my motor home off when I really couldn't. And now you're saying, just write it off. You're a trucking company. And there was, there was no pun intended. I was serious back then. Yeah. But, uh, uh, hey, uh, I was just going to tell you, uh, you know, I'm always curious. Uh, about the unfair advantage, you know, they don't have it anymore. They discontinued it, but it's in a gel form now, a pill gel form. It was separating in those little tubes. That's too long. But I was going to give you a little hint on if you want to feel like that <clears throat> 24 hours a day or at least uh, while you're waking hours, um, just eat meat and drink water for like 30 days. You know, I, I, I believe it. I really do. I, and I've talked about this, that, that I can either go more strict keto or more strict carnivore. Really, it's ketovore. Um, I tend to eat really fatty right. carnivore. And um, I, I yeah. see a difference. The stricter I am, the better I think. And leading up to an event like this, I, I'm already transitioning to a a stricter version of ketovore for the next couple of weeks and i know i'll see a difference i always do and if you want to take it a a little bit step more um fast for about 48 hours every week yeah yep i oh my god (laughs) and in the sleep you know i used to always say that hell i thought it was overrated and it wasn't you know i didn't want to sleep now I sleep like a baby, you know, seven hours a night, never wake up, never have to go piss or nothing. It's um, just, 
It's, um, the great, it's the greatest thing since sliced, sliced bread. I'm thinking that a lot of times that is the one thing that doesn't always happen for me. But I, I got thinking about it, and yeah. I think I know why. So when I go strict stricter, sometimes my sleep gets better quality, but much shorter. Like I will get down to some nights where right. I'm only getting four or four and a half hours of sleep. And because of that, my sleep score yeah, will be horrible no matter how good my sleep was because I just didn't get enough of it. I have a feeling it isn't the diet that's doing that. I got thinking about this. Every time that I do this, it's because I have some big event coming up. That's why I'm doing it. I think it's just the, the stress and the pressure of the big event that affects my sleep. Yeah, I don't know. My sleep just totally changed about three days after I started. I got it from Andrew, Dr. Andrew Shapey, you know. Have you yeah. ever heard of him? Yeah. The brain, brain surgeon, the brain surgeon in Australia. Yep. I started watching some of his YouTube videos and seeing some of that stuff. Now, you know what? I've, I've been strict keto. I'm just going to see, you know, why not do a little biohacking and try it? So. Yeah, you know. I, I'm, I'm convinced yeah, that I, I, it works well. I mean, I, I really think that, you know, that's all evidence that this really is the nutrition our body needs. So I did a blood test the other day, and my total cholesterol was 218. HDL was 58. Uh, triglycerides were 61. And LDL was uh, 158. It, so it's interesting. Uh, A1C it, was 5.4. Your, your cholesterol numbers are very, very close to the last caller, who is also eating one meal a day, yeah. very clean. They're very close to my numbers, which the same thing. Yeah. Um, those seem to be the kind of normal, good cholesterol numbers when you eat this way. Um, and it's exactly what doctors want to put you on a statin for, which is insane. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, that's why Dr. Wilson, when he looked at it before, the other one was real close to this one. But uh, that's why he never even, he just flipped right through that page. And I yeah. was like, God, oh, there's but, all kinds of red on this thing. I was panicking, who cares? you know. <laughs> yeah, who and cares? So then, I, then I listened to all the doctors that Andrew Shapey interviews and stuff like that. They're the, you know, on the, well, kind of, he calls it the lion's diet. Right. But, um, they all say the exact, they show the exact same numbers I'm showing. Yep. All those yep. guys in there, they're fit like nobody, you know? You know, and it, it was Dr. Wolfson who, you know, and I had always known we were not getting cholesterol right. We used to talk about the particle size test a lot. We don't even talk about that anymore. I, you know, what I learned right. from Dr. Wolfson was if you eat right and we know how to eat right, your cholesterol will be what it will be, and it will be just fine. Don't even think about it. Yeah. I mean, they, they said the only numbers they look at is the HDL and the triglycerides. I think he said he wanted the triglycerides at that higher than the HDL. Or that's about like right. That. Yep, that's about yeah. right. And and, 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 and and you want it like a, within 2% or something like that. Yeah, and we'd like to see HDL up there. You know, if it goes up, that's good, and triglycerides can go up with it. That's just fine as well. Uh, and those are just good numbers. Some of those guys um, that are that he interviews that are so fat and stuff, they're triglycerides. They're up in the three and four hundred dollar, three and right. four hundred range. Right. So, but I I I've got a complaint. 
I ordered the X bar from you. It came in on Saturday, and so you know I'm I'm one of those you know recovering alcoholics that you know don't give me one beer, give me twenty four. You know, so <laughs> uh, don't give me don't give me one scoop of ice cream, give me four. You know, <laughs> right? So you know that's how I hit the, that's how I hit the old pushing day. You know, and that X bar. Yeah. Um, you didn't. You didn't tell me you don't have to. You know, go whole hog the first time. I can't straighten my freaking arms out right now. Uh, yeah, I I agree. That is, um, it's shocking to me how such a short workout can hurt so much in the beginning. Oh my God! I, I you know you could do free weights and not feel this. Never arms feel that, that right. hard. Right. And unbelievable, and it felt so good doing it, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, it While hurts in the it. beginning. So you just want to keep on, I can push one more, I can push one more, you know, and you're shaking like, you know. <laughs> you know something? <laughs> trying to push yeah, it out. Right. And, and that's how you're supposed to do it. I mean, you, and you get down to where you're you're not even doing a half a rep. You're doing a quarter of a rep, and then you quit. Something right. else changed yeah. when I changed the way I eat. So I've been through this workout thing my whole life. I started lifting weights when I was like 12 or 13. I'd do it for a while, then I'd quit. And I'd do it for a while, and then I'd quit. It's been a pattern my whole life. And every time I go back, you know, you just dredge. You know you're going to go through that pain the first couple days. But the pattern used to be really clear for me. The pattern was if I did my workout on Monday afternoon, I didn't feel the worst pain till like Wednesday morning. It was like 36 to 48 hours later, I would feel the pain. Now, if, if I haven't been working out like I haven't been, and I'm about to start this week, it's also helping me prepare for the trip coming up. If I do the workout early in the morning, I will, I will feel the pain that evening. Yeah. And that's changed. Yeah, that I that never used Sunday to happen. And then, yeah. I, I was feeling a Sunday night and then, and then, uh, uh, today, oh my God. <laughs> but, I mean, it's all good. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. Know, wait till the worst well, I think is legs and then trying to get up and down steps for the next couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. That I was going to say, I always had a little, little, little shoulder pain, even being on keto and, and not, and not being on any grains. But I, I really think there's something to what he has to say about eating pork and eating chicken and stuff like that. And if you just stick with the ruminant animals, because my joint pain literally See, within I, a week of just going total beef is gone. See, I don't, I, I think there's something to that. There could chicken be, and pork. there could be, it doesn't affect me. It, that doesn't mean that it's not a thing, but, but I, I eat quite a bit of chicken and pork, and I don't feel any real negative side effects. As long as the the more strict I stay on carnivore, ketovore, I'm fine. It's when I start wandering into yeah. plant foods and, and other things that I can get some joint pain. Right. Or, or I still, and I, I had a little twinge the other night in a, in a big toe, and I thought, okay, as I go more and more strict carnivore and I start cutting out all the oxalates, my body starts oxalate dumping again. Yeah. I haven't eaten vegetables in a couple of years or fruits. But uh, I, the one thing I did give up, which is a plant, is I, I did give up coffee. 
down yeah, in about 30 I've, days. So it could have been the coffee, too. I've given up coffee many, many times. I gave it up for 90 days a couple years ago. I, I don't see any benefits whatsoever to giving up coffee. Doesn't help my sleep. Doesn't change yeah. anything whatsoever. Um, so... I still enjoy coffee and I, I will occasionally switch to decaf for a couple of weeks because it's not really the caffeine um, that I want or need. I do just fine without caffeine. I just yeah. really, really enjoy the hot coffee in the morning. Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, there's a place up in Pennsylvania you can get raw butter, A2 butter. Oh, nice. From a farm, Miller's Bio or something. Miller's Bio, I think is what it is. Yeah. A pound of it costs 33 Cost thirty three dollars. <laughs> but you know, I order about crazy? ten pounds of your time and go through it. Yeah, but man, it's some good stuff. It there, sounds right? good. But uh, I, I do, I do put. You know, if I cook something, I, I use butter. You know, but but that's that's about the only thing. And and uh, but I don't know. I've lost my train of thought. So yeah, I but- don't have much more. Well, there you go. I haven't talked to you in a while. I listened to you, so. Good good stuff. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Louisiana. David, it's your turn. Hey, man. You caught me chewing on a little piece of ground meat for lunch. LOL. Well, at least it was meat. (laughs) I'm glad it wasn't a Pop-Tart. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I said, well, I could probably eat a couple of bites of ground meat while I'm waiting. There you go. You caught me right in the middle of it, so I'm good now. Um. I talked to you last week. I, I was the guy that called in. Uh, we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, kind of uh, 10 months into carnivore. Or I'll call it keto because I do eat, I do drink coffee. And okay. I do have, uh, on the rare occasion, I might have a, a little bit of string beans here and there when I'm eating with friends. You know, I don't, Yeah. I hate to turn down everything when I go eat with people. But exactly. Anyway, uh, let's just say I'm a, we'll just say I'm a carnivore because I eat almost all meat. Good. And maybe a little bit of lactose because I do have half and half with coffee. And that's about it. Uh, maybe so maybe you, five grams a day average. Of, well, you know. So anyway, I, dairy I, is I, dairy is com- considered completely carnivore. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. I mean, it is an animal product. But right. I do get some I, I, I do get a little bit of carbs because of the lactose. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. But it's minimal. Right. I mean, I don't think I ever go over 10 grams of carbs a day and it's all lactose. Yeah. Um, so, but anyway, I, uh, you know, when I started, I had took some lab work, right. I want to say two weeks into being keto and then I transitioned to carnivore. So my, you know, my, my, my last labs were almost 10 months ago and, uh, you know, they were, they were okay. You know, they, my, my triglyceride HDL was not too bad. It was like, you know, 2.8, you know, my okay. ratio, which is not terrible. Anyway, I just had, I just had labs done and I was really disappointed because I said I must have done something wrong the day before something about what I might've ate. But anyway, my triglycerides went from, they were 191, which, you know, they're supposed to be under 200, but I really was hoping they'd be under a hundred this time because I mean, I am not eating any carbs practically on a daily basis. And so my keep in, keep in mind, only went up one. Keep in mind that triglycerides we are measuring fat in the blood that's what triglycerides are Mm -hmm. glyceride is always fat triglyceride is three fats Uh, i i don't pay much attention to a triglyceride number because we 
it will change rapidly. Like you could take that test in the morning and wait eight hours and take it again in the afternoon and get a wildly different number. So I, I don't pay well, much. Right. At, I've been told it, that. It, right. So this is why, you know, even Dr. Wolfson, it, 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 he does look at triglycerides and LDL a little bit. But for the most part, he just says, if you're eating the proper diet, your cholesterol is what it is. And don't worry about it. And we just had a caller okay. who said, yeah. you know, other doctors yeah. that work on this regularly report people with triglycerides in the three and 400 range, and it doesn't bother them. Right. Because my, my total cholesterol went from the mid 300s to 528, and my LDL went from the mid to upper 200 range to 395. I mean, that's going to freak my doctor out when I go, when I video with them. But my triglycerides stayed about the same and my HDL went up one. So my ratio is actually not too bad. It's still under three. There, there um, is this but, phenomenon with some people, you know, we used to blame it a lot on the condition called hyperfamilial cholesterolemia uh -huh. or something along those lines. I can never right. pronounce that right. Exactly. Um, now there are a lot of practitioners who who kind of specialize this and they call people like that hyper responders and they know that when these oh, yeah. people go I'm to a keto bad. carnivore diet that their numbers are going to go through the roof but all the research i've done it it doesn't cause problems for anybody right and like i said i i i'm not worried about my cholesterol numbers because the more i've been researching this and reading and watching these top lipo I call them lipod lipologists, you right. know, guys that really know they really get into the weeds of the microbiology. There is nothing to fear with high LDL levels. It's just what, like you said, it is what it is. They they all say the same thing. As long as you're, you know, if you can keep your triglyceride to HDL ratio, you know, one point five or below, that's like almost guaranteeing you have zero. Uh, small, dense LDL, and it's all the healthy, fluffy type, which right. is what I'm yep. uh, hoping for. Now, now, you know, I, I, you know, I, before the blood test, before my labs, uh, I did do two things kind of wrong, which I've, I've been told that I shouldn't have done this. One, I, I told you last week, I'm an avid cyclist. I'm, a, I consider myself an, an endurance cyclist. I, I bike well over 200 miles a week, on, uh, and. Uh, you know, 50 to 60 miles per, sometimes more. But um, the day before, which was a Wednesday, I did a 60-mile bike ride with a group that I ride with a lot. We were in the hills this time, so I was doing a lot of hill work. And um, that really that really wiped me out by the end of the ride. And I, I was told that you really shouldn't have, you really shouldn't do a real excessive workouts prior to lab work because that can really mess up your blood work. And um, I drank a Guinness, which every other Wednesday, I, and I don't do this every Wednesday, but every other Wednesday after this ride, we go to this little popular restaurant called Walk-Ons. And uh, I, not every week, but every other week, I'll order a Guinness. And I did this time. And after I finished it, I said, oh, shit, I got... Oh, I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean to say that word. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> okay, but uh, I said, oh, I said, oh, crap. Um, I drank a Guinness, you know, and I'm, you know, that's... I'm like, I got my blood test tomorrow and I might do something with my, you know, triglycerides and all that, you know. Um, but anyway, uh, I was told that those two things may have thrown a little bit of a wrench into my blood work. They said that, like you said, it's just a snapshot. And I took it at 
you know, I, I think I fasted for a total of 11 hours. I, you know, the last thing I ate was about 11 hours prior. It was about five scrambled eggs um, in some, you know, in some um, pork fat, which is my favorite snack. There you go. <laughs> anyway, I said, well, you know, I said, well, let me let me eat something. It's 11, you know, before, you know, I think at 7 o'clock at, that night, I, I ate those scrambled eggs. And before that, I had some hamburger meat, you know, and I think I had hamburger meat for maybe a pound and a half a burger you know, throughout the day. And then at night at seven, I had those scrambled eggs. I said, well, that, that I'll be fine, you know, <clears throat> but anyway, I was upset. Then I did have other things that were odd. I had my chemicals, like, you know, my, my alkaline phosphates were kind of low. My WBC was low, my RBC. I don't know what all those are, but I had like a bunch of things that were low. And I had a couple of things that were high, like ALT and AST. I don't know what those are, but they were a little bit on They're, the high side. It, all of those are, are liver markers. So it, almost everything you just rattled off through there is either like a liver marker, a kidney marker, those kind of things. They, they tell us supposedly how the liver is functioning. The problem is... And this is across the board on all lab work. All of these numbers have been determined with people who eat the standard American diet. Exactly. I, that's why I'm not real worried about that, because your previous call was talking about uh, Dr. Chafee. Yeah. Um, he has mentioned that as well as, well, quite a few of those doctors have mentioned that. Those averages were worked out. They took a whole bunch of people that were eating whatever, and they right. measured all their levels, and that, that was the average. And I said, well, matter of fact, the last time I had a similar, some bunch of similar, my doctor wasn't worried about well, those the last time. Let's think about something about else. Let, let's think about something else. Let's think about something we have absolutely proven over and over and over for years now. We're talking about it, that their cholesterol numbers are not only wrong, but they will keep you sick. If you, if you try to maintain the cholesterol numbers they think you should maintain, you will be sick and you will die early. So if we know that, and we know that, we've proven it over and over, why would we trust any of their lab numbers? Right. Maybe yeah, all know, of I, um, their lab numbers I, I, are designed for two things, <laughs> to keep you sick and keep you on prescriptions. Well, you know, like I, I'm completely, I have no prescriptions anymore. Uh, I, the last thing I got off of was statins about six months ago. And I told Excellent. my doctor, I said, I said, dude, I, I said, I cannot take statins anymore. I, I don't see what's the point. They don't lower, they don't really do anything, but make me feel well, terrible with my joints and my, you know. Well, and, and, um, and I'll, I'll go back to the, to the entire it. premise of lower, lowering our cholesterol is yeah. wrong. So, yes, statins will lower exactly. your cholesterol. They absolutely do. That's the problem with them. We should not be trying to lower our cholesterol. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to, this is probably going to be my last visit with this doctor. I'm probably going to just fire him. Because he doesn't really support the diet I'm on. It, and, he's, I mean, I use the VA. He's through the VA, and they're not going to bend. No, um, no, they're not. This, but Never. I do have another... I, I do have another doctor that I use uh, that, I, that I'm using with my, I have a retire, uh, I have a medical insurance through being a retired military and uh, I can use, you know, out in town or the VA, but I've been using the VA because it's just been a little bit easier for me to use the you VA. Know. But I think I'm going to go back to my other doctor who, who sent, who, who knows what I'm doing and he's a little bit supportive of it. He's, 
he won't try to lecture me. He goes, you know, well, I mean, I'm just a little concerned about your LDL, but he doesn't like flip out like this doctor will. And, um, you, you know, fact, I, I don't know if you know this, but when you're in the VA and you turn down uh, statins, I mean, they, in some places they'll make you sign a form saying that you, you know, yes, I've been counseled on, uh, you know, the, you, <laughs> you know, know why they do that thing that I'm doing. They, they don't do that to protect yeah, them. Get... No, they, that's not even it. Because because they know <laughs> that the way you're doing things, maybe they don't know, but if they're not, they've got to be. I, I don't even know. Um, they're not worried about lawsuits because lawsuits aren't going to happen because when well, you do what you do, you're not going to have a problem. Here's why they do it. It's fear. It's intimidation. Oh, my God. They're, they're, like, they're, they're going to make like me mass- sign a form. This must be serious. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to say it's that intimidation. That's what like it is. The mask thing. Yeah. You know, they, the mask thing and, oh, the, the COVID vaccine. Um, you know, I, I saw the greatest meme the other day just. One second to be off topic. I saw a great meme on COVID. It said something about never before has a disease been so dangerous that they forced you to take a vaccine, yet you have to take a test to find out if you had it in the first place. <laughs> and I thought that was such a great yeah, meme. Yeah, yeah. You know, sums it up. You would think if it was that dangerous, people would be falling all over themselves to get the vaccine. And then, you know, if it was that bad, you have to go take a test to get it, to take find out yeah. whether you have it or not. You, you know, it ain't that bad of a disease. No, here, but, um, here's what's happening. But yeah, anyway. They're, uh, they're not falling all over themselves to get the vaccine. They're falling all over after they have the vaccine. Exactly. I'm, 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 I retired early from federal service. I'm retired military, and I'm also... Uh, I got hired by the Corps of Engineers after I retired from the Navy. They I, they hired me as a I worked as a scientist and retired after a few years. But uh, I thank retired you for early your service. They were forcing me that. Hey, well, thank you very much. Um, when the whole COVID thing, the federal government said, "Okay, all federal employees have to get a COVID oh, vaccine." Oh, I'm like, "No, I'm not getting the fucking vaccine." No, uh, there was no way. Um, I, I had I had already had COVID. I didn't get sick, really. I just ran a fever for a couple of days. Uh, and I was like, I'm not taking a vaccine. And, and, I, and I said, you know, it's fine. I, I'm at the point I can retire, so I did. But I knew people that got fired. Yeah, uh, Kevin, I know. And, um, it's awful. Out of military, it's just, it's criminal. Out. And then months later, they removed the restriction. And I'm like, well, what about the people y'all exactly. fired? Are they going to be able to get their job back? What about the Army? The people in the or, Army, Navy, Marine Corps, they got kicked out. Or it just makes no sense. Or the people who made the other choice and and took a vaccine they really didn't want in order to keep their job, and they can't ever take that back. And and some people suffered some. You know, two of my friends took that shot, and both of them are dead. uh, That worked for the Corps of Engineers with me. There's they, way too many stories like that. Of taking those shots. There there are just way too many stories like that. It was so sad. Uh, both died of cancer within a year of taking that shot. And um, I, I was like, oh, my gosh, I had just retired at that point. But um, but yeah, man, it, it, I mean, I'm sorry to get off topic here. I was more talking to calling about my uh, my. my no, that's fine. This is this is all work. I was just, it's all on topic as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, I told you last week, I am not a truck driver, but I, I just, the, the whole talking, uh, I love talk, the, I love the topics of truck driving and I like listening to the, 
the truckers call in and talk about, you know, this and that. And I love when y'all diagnose engine problems and talk about different diesel engines, which, you know, I know, I know the basics of autos and trucks and how these things work. So I find it fascinating, especially all the tuning stuff. Um, but yeah, I, for the first time ever, I, I got inside of a modern, uh, um, you know, truck, uh, tractor, you know, uh, it was a, it was a pretty new um, uh, and uh, a Lone Star, maybe is that? Oh yeah, it had this looks, little looks like a uh, PT Cruiser thing. on steroids. Yes, yes, it had the, a very unique grill. Right, uh, it was very chromed out. And I, I asked the guy, so, and this was a couple of weeks ago. I asked him, I said, if he could let me look inside. I'd never really been inside of a big truck like that. And man, I was fascinated with that cab, man. <laughs> the Especially the sleeper section, I was like, "Man, you could freaking live here." Yeah, it was so they, nice. Uh, you know, he had a little, a little tiny desk where you could do your paperwork, and you know, he had a little TV in there, connection for cable TV and air conditioning. You know, yeah. Uh, I was so away. I, I, I go way, way back. The first truck I drove was a nineteen seventy three. Uh, it had no power steering no air conditioning that one didn't even have an air ride seat it had a spring ride seat in it um the sleepers back then were like little coffins they were just big enough to lay in and and none of those amenities exactly uh, we've come a long way the the you know what though i i I remember yeah i also say that we haven't come far enough here's where i think we missed the boat we should have really strong partnerships between truck manufacturers and RV manufacturers. I live in both worlds. I do a lot of RVing. I lived in one for three years. I'm getting ready to take a couple weeks trip in one. There is so much good technology in the RV world that isn't being used in the sleeper, and it should be. So I don't think we've come far enough, but it, it's the, the uh, yeah. conveniences are pretty nice there's uh there's no doubt about that one thing i notice on some of these uh, a lot of people that haul furniture for like these global these uh, people that move houses the uh, people that move from one house to another and they have these people pick up all their yeah. furniture yep. i notice that a lot of times those trucks have these big giant extended sleeper cabs on them that That's, i only see on those trucks and it's no other trucks now you might be looking at two different things There could be a true extended sleeper. There are a couple of big custom sleeper manufacturers that build those. And you do tend to see them on movers because they almost never go home. I mean, it it is. I knew some movers that only got home like three or four times a year. That was pretty common for them. So you will see big sleepers on those. those. There's some other things you can see in the moving industry, though. They're actually called dromedary boxes. And it's another box put behind the sleeper that can haul more of the household goods. Uh, yeah, I've, I've noticed that too. But these are just look like the sleeper sleepers, cab. right? You know, some, yeah, it looks like it's now. It, 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 in in, yeah. in the, that uh, segment, other, it's pretty common to see those big custom sleepers. The other thing that I've been really blown away by is how much better fuel economy has been in the past years. I remember, I, I remember, you know, talking, listening to truck driving shows where they talk about you know three, four, five miles a gallon. And now I've been seeing some of these new trucks getting in the, you know, almost 10 miles a gallon, maybe more, yeah. uh, which 
that kind of yeah. blows me away because um, an F three fifty pull, you know, well maybe an F two fifty F three fifty pulling a trailer with a bunch of cows in it. That thing may not get but three miles, four miles a gallon. You know, a good example of that. I said I've done a lot with RVs. I we built a um, a forty three foot RV trailer, a fifth wheel trailer, and then we pulled it with a semi truck, a Volvo. And we built the Volvo to, and it was used, it was an older, it was a 99 Volvo, um, had like 900,000 miles on it. We, we built that to pull that trailer. And one of my big things, I mean, early on when I was on the radio, it was almost all fuel mileage. I mean, that was a big thing that I've done for years and years. I would, you know, talk to guys who were pulling very similar trailers with pickup trucks. And they were struggling getting, you know, six and seven miles to the gallon. And I was getting 12 and 13 with that semi. Yeah. That's amazing, man. And, I mean, uh, I had and it 50 years there, ago. There, there was no struggle going up any hill in the country. I could accelerate all the way up the hill if I wanted to. And the braking power was so much better than the pickup truck has. There were huge advantages to, to pulling um, that fifth wheel with a semi like that. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, the other, uh, one question I hear y'all talking about a lot, and I don't know what it is, but when y'all talking about fuel mileage, somebody will bring up the fact that there's something something about a step down transmission or something that's helping up with you know. You ever, there's. I've heard y'all talk like a step down or something. What nah, is, that seems to have something to do with the fuel economy, y'all, or the, at least the efficiency y'all have been talking about. I don't ever use the term step down, so I'm not sure where that term's coming from. We do talk a lot about transmissions, and believe it or not, right? some of us have been working on fuel economy for 30-plus years. I have uh, my co-host on Friday, Joel, um, my other co-host, Henry, Alec. Everybody on that show has been doing this fuel mileage thing for a couple of decades, and all through that time, we have all complained that the weak link in getting the best fuel economy possible is we can't get the transmission we want. Like we designed a transmission. We want this gear in first. We want this reverse. We want this final ratio. We want these steps in between the gears. And, and we knew if we could build a transmission like we want, it would be an improvement and it's just been recently, in the last couple of years, that we're finally yeah. getting those kinds of transmissions. Hey, back when I was a little kid in the nineteen late in the early seventies, and well, throughout the seventies, I remember late at night I would listen to this truck driving show on the radio. Midnight Cowboy. It was a guy named like David. It, yeah, it was like all night long on WWL radio. Oh wait and, a minute, um, WWL Cincinnati, and, uh, right? I don't know, it's New Orleans. New I would pick oh. it up on my little radio at night because so and WWL had this truck driving show that played all night, but I think it was a syndicated show. There were um, three. So it, may not, it may have originated from. There, well, there were more than three, but there were three really big syndicated trucking shows back then on AM overnight. You had um, Bill Mack, who was the Midnight Cowboy. He was his um, studio was in Fort Worth but he was syndicated all over the country. You had um, D 
Dale Summers, yeah. who was referred to as the trucking bozo. His studio is in Cincinnati, but he was syndicated all over the country. And you have Dave Nemo, um, who was out of... Yeah, like, Dave Nemo was the guy I remember. Uh, uh, Dave's still around. Dave's on Sirius XM every day. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dave, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I got my start in radio on... The Midnight Trucking Show was my first guest appearance ever. My second guest appearance was Dave Demo's show. And I did, I was a regular guest on Dave's show for years before I got my own show. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I, uh, that's why I really always loved truck. I used to dream about being a truck driver. I just never became one. Maybe you should <laughs> and, go do uh, it now. Although I did, uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I value my, uh, I value being home after 20 years. Well, almost 30 years of being in the Navy and being deployed. There you um, go. I, I just treasure being home. I treasure being home now. And man, I, I tell you, I kind of relate to the truck drivers because I know it's tough being away from home and being Travel's away tough. from your family on the holidays. I, yeah. Yeah, it is. And it is. it's just like, you know, when you're in the Navy, you're, you know, I was deployed and right. it's tough. And uh, I, I have a lot of respect for the truck drivers. I, you know, I know hey. it's a tough job and I'm glad they do what they do. Real quick before I let you go, that truck, the, um, that that you liked and and you looked at the uh, the Lone Star that was designed that design came from the so International Trucks builds the Lone Star International yes. used to build yes, pickup trucks and SUVs so right. they, yeah, the the yeah. International Scout was really popular for a long time that Lone Star is designed after a nineteen 19- 1938 international pickup truck. If you go look at one, you'll see oh, the yeah. resemblance in the grill like- and the hood and the fenders and everything. Yeah, that makes sense because it is kind of has it has that retro look. Right. And I, I remember looking at it and said, "Man, that looks that looks very cool," you know. But anyway, I, I'll let you get on to the next caller, man. I, I, like I said, I've been listening almost every day now. Now that I found your show again, I, I just enjoy it. Well, thank you. I appreciate the support. Let's go to South Carolina. Terrence, good morning. Morning. What's on your mind today? A um, couple things. <laughs> um, the, as far as uh, when you're talking about the unions before, yeah. Um, I think a lot of them now are do- doing all this because they had Sleepy Joe there was standing in line with them, and now they all think they got. You know, that could they be got somebody in there with them. Yeah, they 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 definitely um, you get going good. they they, they do you tend to be much more active when we've got Democratic control. But this seems yeah, even uh, even more. I mean, it, it just seems like all of a sudden I'm just reading about strikes everywhere. Yeah, it's crazy because, not, like I said, even I mean, you had like even nursing right? going and that was like unheard of. You know, you did. You know, it's just, I, I don't know. I just think it's because, of, like I said, he was standing on that line, you know, showing his, showing himself, and they all think, oh, now we got an ally in it, and we're going to milk everyone we can, you know? Probably. Yep. But now, back to the damn COVID. I'll tell you, Kevin, this thing is kicking my, kicking my ass. Uh-oh. And, I, I mean, I just, yeah, this weekend was like a, a daughter got married, so I was running around Friday nights helping set up, and, and then Saturday, the wedding was, and, I, I was having these coughing fits. My whole body killing me just so, from, from coughing. So I, I, I don't you know, know if I'm and, and wrenching. I don't, I don't know if I'm seeing some kind of a pattern or not. Um, 
the one time I got really sick, it wasn't COVID according to the test, but it was sicker than I had been in a long time. Um, I knew exactly what happened. I had stopped my supplementation while I was traveling. I was staying up late at night. I was drinking more. I, was, I, I, I wasn't living as clean and healthy as normal, and it got me. I got sick. I'm almost wondering if that, that, that's kind of a trend I'm seeing. Even people who are eating really clean, if they let things kind of get out of control stress-wise and sleep and, you know, we get busy and we've got big things coming up. I, I'm really focusing on that before I leave for this trip. This is going to be a stressful trip. I'm going to be driving a lot. I'm going to be, I need to write a lot. I need to keep working. I got a big event. I want to get back. I am going to be really careful. And everybody's sick. I mean, I see it all over. We've got employees out that are sick. I'm around sick people. I, I'm going to be really careful this time to try to do everything I can right. I, it, it almost seems like there's some, the, the bugs that are going around are nastier than ever. And if I had to speculate on why, I would say it's because there are so many people vaccinated who now have a weakened immune system, and that allows all of these bugs to um, to mutate, to no, mutate yeah. and get stronger. And I think that might be going on. Yeah, because I mean, I, 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 like I said, she, she had it. She tested positive two, two and a half weeks ago. I mean, again, I did. I didn't test this time. I don't know if I had it, but like my, my this is my respiratory, and that's what's getting me because like you go to sleep at night, and I'm trying. You keep trying to hack something up, and it's just like coughing, coughing, coughing. But like I said, my whole body, from you know when you go to cough, it's like you, you can talk. You know, you. I mean, at least I do. Maybe I cough weird, but you know, like your, your chest muscles, your your rib cage, it's like. It's just brutal, but um, now what? I guess the Histoplex would help with the respiration, right? You think Histoplex would help, no doubt. And I was getting ready to start Histoplex, but I actually think I'm going to. Um, I actually think I'm going to go back and and work on the immune system protocol before I leave. Okay. I think I'm going to do the the NDK yeah, I'm, I'm the, a, a, immune support protocol. Um, and I, I, I'm even going to take the advanced protocol with me just in case. So okay. the, the original protocol to kind of just build the immune system during times like this is the vitamin D, the uh, bioimmunozyme right. forte, uh, the bio C plus, you know, big dose of C helps with the zinc with copper and uh, bone broth. So I, I think I'm going to start that today. All right. I'll start the bone broth. I don't have, I, the other stuff I did that it was good, but I, I mean I didn't. I don't have that on hand now. But like I mean I'm even doing the copper and the zinc. The uh, the thing that helped for a while, but now like I said, ever since this weekend, my my respiratory is like. I, I mean I, I almost I almost did, didn't want to go to work today, just for the fact of the way that my body felt. And I was you like, know, you know what? Here's something else that that may be having an effect on this, and this is why Histoplex might be a really good idea right now. I'm going to take Histoplex with this protocol. This is not the typical cold and flu season. That usually doesn't happen till right around Thanksgiving, and we've even talked about that, the drinking, the stress, the partying right, makes it yeah. worse. But I've been saying for the last month, 
why is everybody getting sick now? This is a really unusual time of year to see this many people sick. But what also happens this time of year is all the fall pollen. And I think that's exacerbating yeah, yeah. everything else that's going on. Now, I got some of that at home. I just, I just was trying to hold off on that because I figured, well, maybe, you know, it'll go away. Because I don't, I don't take that just to take it. You know, that right. really works really good for a lot of stuff. Yeah, I don't either. So I, don't I only wanna, take you know, it. Usually, I if it gets bad enough in the spring, I'll take it for a week or two. It's usually all I need. Um, and I was getting ready to start it now because I wake up in the morning and I've got some congestion going on and I'm around all kinds of pollen all day long. So I, I'm just uh, there's enough sick people and I've got this trip coming up. I, I'm going to I'm going to take a few more precautions this time. I'm going to start the immune protocol and some histoplex today, I think. And I'm getting back to my stress protocol. All today. right. Yeah, I can. I, I felt like crap this morning. I didn't even do my X3 bar in the morning. That's how I felt. And I was, but here's what's weird. Like last night, I went to bed at like 6.30. And I get I got up at 4.30 this morning. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try and get ahead of this. Let me just go, go lay down in bed, whether I sleep or not. At least I'm laying down. I got up. I had like my sleep score. was like, I slept like seven and a half, something hours. It was like 74. And here's what's weird. My, um... My HRVs, it was like 58 yesterday, a little lower, 57 Friday. And now I got up this morning, it was at 59. Excellent. And I don't I mean, I'm, yeah, but, I'm, but I still felt like shit. <laughs> well, I think it's your you body fighting out. back. It's a good sign. Okay. That's what I, that's what I, that's what I was concerned. I was concerned. I was like, well, I, I said, this, this can't I, be. But then I, I thought the longest five months, well, maybe if it's just me, my, my, my stress. I'm, muscle is built up and now it's just saying, you know, right. I, I'm, I'm really starting to think that the bugs are getting nastier. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. I'll let someone else gonna appreciate it. Kevin. Have a good day. All right. Good stuff. Hope you start feeling better soon here. Let's go to Wisconsin. Jeffrey. Welcome. Hey, Kevin. How's it going? Good. What's on your mind today? Can you hear me? I can. All right. Uh, well, good deal. Um, so I'm looking at a, buying another truck. Uh, Re- replacing truck. a truck or buying, adding buying. a truck? Yeah, there you go. Replacing a okay. truck. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my truck, all the crank broke on it here last winter. Ooh. And uh, so I've, I've just been doing some other things, projects at my place ever since then. And, Got and it. Uh, I'm kind of thinking about getting a truck again. So I have I have been through your CMC and and uh, the, the last time I talked to you, in fact, was uh, over there at Pittsburgh Power. It was probably about a year and a half ago. I talked to you. We had a good oh, yeah. conversation there. You invited me in there, and, and I got to see your your uh, bus and stuff. So yeah, we hung cool out for deal. quite a while. But, I remember. Yeah, it was great, and I appreciated that too. Um, so, anyways, kind of leaning either a Volvo or a, or. A, Freightliner. Okay. And, uh, but I've, I've been looking on the truck paper, so I guess I got kind of rear end questions for you. You know, the Volvos there, there's, there's, uh, you can find with the 264s or 247s. Seems like, you know, there's plenty of those to pick from. Um, now I was looking at Snyder, and, you know, you can find them with the 215s, 228s, 247s. And I was just kind of 
So with that Volvo, what I get as good a mileage with that is like a Detroit, say the 247 so, Volvo versus the... Well, the, the one thing we've got to... It, it's not as easy as it used to be where we were just hyper-focused on that rear-end ratio. We do have other options yeah. now, and the big difference on the Volvo, when we're talking about the Volvo, if we want the best platform to downspeed and get the best fuel economy, we need the TC, the turbo compounding. So you've got to make sure yeah. you're looking at that. When If we were to spec a non-turbo compounding, we would use different rear ends, and that might be some of what okay. you're seeing. You're probably seeing a little of both. Um, it's, it's a little... Okay. Simpler with the Freightliner, we can. Uh, they don't have right. two different versions like that, really. So we can, we can downspeed the Freightliner, not quite as aggressively as we do the Volvo. I I will say that, in my opinion, based on everything I've seen and everything Joel's done, and um, you know, we have we have uh, Joel in the Volvo platform, Henry in the Freightliner platform, Jamie in the Mac platform. Um, we've got Steve Crone with an old pre-emission truck getting 10 plus miles to the gallon. We're seeing a lot of, you know, these builds where we've really optimized them, but I don't think you can beat the Volvo and fuel economy anymore. The Freightliner is very uh -huh. close, but it, it, you can't quite downspeed it quite as much. We don't get that lower piston speed quite as much. Both of those are good. I think the Volvo's got the edge, though. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Now, here would be a huge consideration because the fuel mileage difference is small. There are times where right. we may spec the Freightliner really well and get really good fuel economy, maybe even a little better than a Volvo, just depending on some of the, all the variables. It's close enough right. that, that either one will be fine, and this would be the determining factor for me. Which which shop would my my shop? Which truck would they rather work on? So for me, being a, sure. a really big fan of Pittsburgh Power, and they don't do much with the Volvo platform, I would lean towards Freightliner. Yeah. Even though I like the Volvo better, I, I would have to be able to find a really good Volvo shop that was convenient for me either near home or near a lane that I travel a lot or, um, and if I couldn't find a good Volvo shop that I really trusted on engine work, then I'd probably get the Freightliner. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Um, another thing is, so I, you know, 70,000 miles a year is probably all I'm going to put on truck. Cause I got other things I do too. It's just kind of right. So that, that, one, one. that can change things. I mean, it, 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 when we're talking right. about fuel economy, the less miles you drive, the less the fuel economy matters. I mean, it always matters. Right. But for example, I, it, it's almost embarrassing for me because I've worked on fuel mileage for 30 plus years. It's almost embarrassing to me that my coach gets six miles to the gallon. And people say, well, why don't you do mm -hmm. something? Why, I, I, I have zero modifications for fuel economy. None. Because I don't drive enough miles. It just doesn't make sense for me to go spend a whole bunch of money when I'm only going to put 15,000 miles a year on a good year on this. I, why would I go spend all right. that money? I would, ne you know, we, we always try to remind people 
we are not after a the highest fuel mileage we can get. We, we are, but it's not because we, we don't want to just say we get good fuel mileage. I want the lowest overall cost of operation. So if it costs me right. so much money to get three more tents and I can never break even, well, I, I'm not going to go do that. And on my coach, that means almost none of the modifications we talk about are worth it, including like an OPS. I could, I don't change my oil enough on this coach to even worry about an OPS. It wouldn't make sense. And right. I'm never and I, going to wear out this engine. I mean, it's a C13. Mm-hmm. This thing's good for a million miles. I, I won't put a million miles on this coach in my lifetime. Right. Now, the there's a pretty good price difference between the Volvos and the and the Freightliners too. I've noticed that just looking on the truck paper, anyways. It, it's um, it, it's tough sometimes to compare prices because you've got so many variables. But I I would say that the Volvo probably carries a premium price these days on the secondary market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like in the in the uh, Freightliner, the Detroit there. Um, you know, Snyder's got quite a few to pick from. They got two twenty-eight rear ends or two fifteen. Mm-hmm. Now, what would would there be? How much difference would there be in the? So we we the, one of the things I'm I'm gonna have you do um, is I want you to find some trucks, both Volvos and Freightliners, this week on the secondary market that you're interested in, and then call on yep. Friday. And we it, okay. we can't just look at the rear end ratio. We've get there's so many options on transmissions now that we've got a lot mm-hmm. of different final gears we're looking at. And if I don't know that final gear, I I can't I can't tell you anything. You know that the two forty something may have a different final gear than the the higher gears they're running. So we, what I would have you do again, find a couple trucks in each case that you're really interested in, get the specs, and then call on Friday, and we'll really take time to go through each one, and we'll spend more time on, you know, yes, it's seventy thousand miles a year. We got to take that into account. We'll talk about some of the other parts of your. Um, your operation. I, I'm really liking the Friday show with all the experience we've got there. I've been doing fuel mileage for 30 plus years. Um, Joel has just been doing it forever and is still heavily into it every day on the Volvo side. Henry's been doing this heavy yeah. on the Freightliner side. Alec is there with tons of experience on on this and tracking. And um, that really is going to become our spec day. If you really want to get the yeah. best advice possible on specs, call us on Friday with all that experience. Yeah, I tried tried to call in there on Friday. I think it must have been stacked up a little bit because it, it kept on. It was Friday, busy when I Fridays called. Fridays are getting pretty busy for that reason. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Here, so here's the trick. You, I, I'll uh, give you a trick re- that makes it really easy to get into our show. In fact, I guarantee you will get in if you do this. Just call five minutes early. The phone lines are open. Okay. You know, we haven't started the show sure. yet. Nobody calls them. They, in fact, nobody usually calls until I finish my open and then say, you know, I need some calls. That's usually when they light up. Okay. So if you call five minutes before or two minutes after, you're going to get through every day. Sure. Okay. 
So uh, I was I was leased on the Landstar, and which I can easily go back and lease onto them again. And uh, I'm thinking that might yeah I thought, I've thought about getting my own authority, but I don't know. I'll the give way you my advice right now. It might be better. I'll give better you idea just to go back to Landstar. I have a very strong opinion about this. Uh, and okay. just so you know, I have no more official relationship with Landstar. That's sad. They, they were one of my first big partners way back in the 90s. I had a great relationship with them for years. Um, when the whole serious thing happened, they canceled us. Haven't heard from them since. Um, but it doesn't change no. my opinion of them. If I were only driving 70,000 miles a year, I wouldn't even consider my own authority. I would be at Landstar in a heartbeat. Yeah, it is nice and easy. It is. It is. Why would you want all those headaches of trying to find the brokers and building relationships and billing and and right. uh, all and the and the cost? The insurance is 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 such a huge fixed cost now that on seventy thousand miles, yeah. your insurance cost is going to be a big problem. Yeah, yeah, I've looked into that. It's going to eat up much too much be. of your profit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah it, and it's it's nice. Low mileage when, like when I that. Other things going on. I, I'd just be at Landstar. Such a great deal. Yeah, it's nice to come home and, and shut the key, uh, turn the key off, and not it, have to worry about anything else. And just for the fun of it, tell them I sent you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I called them. I called them here a while ago and said I wanted to. You know, get back on. They said, no problem. Just got to give them a call if I decide to do it. So, Excellent. Yeah. That would be my choice. But Yeah, that's kind of the way I was leaning. All right, Kevin. Well, I'm going to, I'll get some uh, more information there and then I'll call back on Friday. Excellent. We'll talk to you then. Thanks for the call. Yeah. You know, part of what we're doing here with our, our shows, the Power Hour, Rolling Toe, um, the Friday technology and efficiency show. Um, those are all questions I've answered for 20, 25, 30 years. But the experience that comes from Pittsburgh Power and Joel and Henry and, and the Beckett's and I, they can answer questions in a way I can't and never will be able to on a lot of these things. So the, the beauty is we're bringing you the absolute best people to answer your questions. And our shows are getting much more formalized like that. Like I, I really want to do all of our specking calls on Fridays. Um, all of, and we can, you know, really Tuesday's a great day to spec the older trucks. And, you know, not all the way back to um, uh, non-electronic engines, but we can do that as well. I mean, we can help you with those on Tuesdays. All of the pre-emission and the early emission trucks um, Friday's a better day on the new trucks. We just, we just have more, much more real world experience on the new trucks with the people we have on Fridays. Um, so that's really kind of the, the, our model going forward. Um, I will be a part of every show somewhat, but ultimately, um, these shows may kind of spin off and be their own shows and I may not be on all the time. We'll see. Let's uh, let's go to Ohio. Herschel, welcome. Hey, Kevin. How are you, bud? Ah, damn it, I did it again. Of course you did. <laughs> it's impossible not to. <laughs> well, that guy that was talking about the Lone Star, he let out what he left out one important point. What's that? It is the 
It is the queen of Les Truck favorite truck. That's Lisa's favorite. It is. She has loved that, that truck from that the first star. time she saw it. Yeah. Then you should buy one instead of that big old coach. Well, see, if they wouldn't have had that horrible Max Force engine when they first brought out the Lone Star, I may have considered it. I didn't really like it, but to me, I don't care what a truck looks like. I never have. Um, And if Lisa liked it, I I would have bought one if I could have specced one that that I wanted, but they just had awful engine choices. Everybody I know around here, we all call it the Max Force. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Now, um, now we we may in the next year or two here we may see a very impressive engine out of International. I'm hoping. Well, that's not really from International, so don't give them too much credit. Yeah. Well, as long as I can get it in the International truck, that's all I would care about. Yeah, you have a Scania, as they say over in Europe. I think might be. I can't keep all that stuff straight anymore. I think that's. Yeah, it, yeah, it's the Scania S13. Okay. So do you have my oil sample? I do. Okay. What do you, you tell me what you want to know because you don't see it on the form. All right. Let me see. So 612,000 miles on the engine, 24, almost 25,000 on the oil, correct? Yes. Then the only other question I would have, uh, it's 10W30. What kind of oil? Not that it even matters. Uh, that but. actually is the kind, that is the MAC oil because MAC Volvo dealers want okay. to put it in. That's fine. And it is the BDS 4.5 semi-synthetic. That's fine. Um, the only question I would have is why are we even looking at this sample? Well, because you see iron is 49. I do use the catalyst, so that's expected. Right. But the other one is the base is three point something. Don't uh, I remember that you said base base is okay down to like 2.5 or something? Even two. I mean, even at two, we still have base left. As long as there is base left, it's neutralizing acid. Um, if you ever got to zero, do you see the box just to the left of it that never has anything in it? Mm-hmm. So TBN stands for total base That's number. TAN stands for total acid number. As long as there's base, there won't be acid. If we allowed our base to drop to zero, then we would actually start to see a number in that acid number, and we would watch our wear metals go up because the acid will attack the metals. So we say two, two and a half, just so you don't run all the way down to zero. Okay. But at at 3.7, almost four after 25,000 miles, that tells me this engine is performing well. It's not creating a lot of acid. So that means it's got good, it, co- good clean okay. combustion. And part of that is the catalyst. This one is a 2018 VGT engine with the XE package 264 rear end. Pulling 20-foot railroad container that is 10 feet behind the cab extenders. Right. <laughs> Something like that. Right. So that's not too shabby. I'm right a- at 8. And Most more tanks and more stop and go. 8.1. Yeah, most uh, most tanks I'm eight point one, eight point two, 
So not too shabby. Excellent. Now, I, I think that's fantastic. And this oil sample just tells us it's tuned well, the catalyst is doing its job, and there's nothing to talk about in this oil sample. Well, I mean, I know a lot of people go against the catalyst, but I've had this truck right at one year now, almost to the day. And so far, no emission indicators on the dash, nothing. Yeah, you know what's interesting? We, we had the naysayers in the first year. Hell, I was a naysayer. I, I was the one that said, please don't bring me another fuel additive. I'm tired of testing them. They never seem to do much of anything. Um, so I was kind of a naysayer the first year. We don't have many naysayers anymore. We have a, you know, a lot of people who believe in it and not many people who don't anymore. That's a good thing. It's a very good thing. And it's working. So, I mean, we're, we're seeing the results. So I have my truck serviced at a garage that I have been going to for 15 years or more. And they've always done a good job. Well, this time on this engine, they screwed up. Well, first thing is they put 10 gallon in it, and I don't think any D13 holds 10 gallon. So I got a hold of my guy that I deal with at Volvo Mac. He told me it really should be 37 quarts. So 10 gallon, that's eh, three quarts too much. That's not horrible. Right. But the ramp, the ramping that they put it up on, because this sump in this pan is to the front, put it up so high. I don't think they got it drained because when I pulled the stick, when I got it to the house, oh my God, this thing had at least a gallon and a half too much. Ooh. So I drained it. Yeah. So I drained it down because, you know, I, to go back up there and screw around, I right. don't know that I can do that. Right. But don't I remember that too much oil can really do a bunch of bad stuff? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We can blow out seals and. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, we don't want to run a truck for long with too much oil. We don't want to run it at all if we can help it. So needless to say, I drained out at least one gallon, I think closer to two of T5 Shell Rotella that they charged me $32 a gallon yeah, for. Right. Said, oh, my God. Right. Uh, all all so. we can do is sit back and watch. It, more than likely, you're not going to have any problems. I, the problems usually come with extended um, running like that. Well, I just drove it home. Yeah, you, you should be fine. Miles. You should be fine. And drained, drained it down to where it ought to be. But it just amazes me in today's trucking bozo had a, a phrase that he used all the time. Ignorance and apathy will kill this country. And boy, did he nail it. He did. I he don't did. know, and I, and I don't care. You, you know, pay for a job, and you still can't get it done right. It just blows me away. And it gets worse and worse all the time. I mean, it really does. Um, I, I, I am going to offer somewhat of a, a late apology. Um, when I first started on Sirius, Dale and I did not get along. We we bumped heads often back then, um, and it got ugly a couple times. I need to apologize. He was onto something else early, and I thought he was insane. I remember the day I was, I think I was in my personal vehicle, and I was just listening to the show, and I heard him say this, and I thought, he's just gone off his rocker. But he he had this figured out early, and I just I must not have been paying attention, or maybe I just wasn't in the right place. I don't know. But this goes way back. We're talking like oh seven oh eight when I was first on the air, and he got on this thing about uh, somehow he tied the IRS into it, and I don't remember that. Maybe that's why I got really weird about it. But he was talking about all of these people who were living in the woods. 
these big camps of people living in the woods. And I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? I, he's insane. There aren't people. He was right. And, and we see it now. They, they came out of the woods. Now they live on sidewalks and in public parks and anywhere they feel like pitching a tent. But he, he was talking about that back in 07, 08. I thought he was crazy. I'm like, oh, sure, there are a couple people that might be out in the woods. But I think he had it right. <laughs> yes, he did. Yeah. I miss him. I miss him, no doubt about him and Bill Mack both. Yeah. yeah it, um, that... And Bruce Williams. Oh yeah, I certainly whatever, miss Bruce Williams. What, what, whatever happened to the lady that did the trucking show on satellite? I want to say her name was Riley Gertz or something like that. That one doesn't sound familiar. Really, um, the one yeah, female I'm, I know that I'm, I'm the name up, but the one female I'm very familiar with in trucking radio was uh, Marcia Campbell. She, well, that, that's Dave's girl. Yeah. Well, she she had done her own thing. She had her own show over the years. She was referred to as America's trucking sweetheart. And then um, she was kind of on yep. Dave's team. And I met her when I was, you know, doing Dave's show. And then she went. I She still may do some kind of country music Opryland show, I think. And this other lady was on after Bruce Williams late at night. I don't she remember came on that. At like one a.m. or something. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, but she that was one. on at like one a.m. Huh? Yeah, she was pretty good. I cannot think of her name. Interesting. All right, Kevin, I'll let you be. All right, talk to you soon. Let's go to Missouri this time. Dale, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Ain't talked to you in a while. Um, you do a lot of broth talking here and there. Yeah, and uh, been trying to get to more of the seafood part of eating clean. So I've uh, started doing some uh, some uh, call it pseudo Cajun cooking. So basically, like what I did with family uh, Saturday was I did uh, oh like six pounds of snow crab and like uh, eight pounds of shrimp, and then I don't remember, don't recall the people that grew the potatoes, but they're they range from the size of like a a quarter down to maybe a nickel and some of them are purple and some of them are yellow and some oh, yeah. of them are kind of a brown. Right. Yeah. And then I uh, did a couple onions and a whole ball of garlic and uh, of course a stick of butter. And this was all in four gallons of water. And so I, I've, I've been doing this in small batches for the wife and I, and I hadn't done a bigger batch like that for like 14 people. But the broth off that, a lot of people think with a cat, they think a cat loves chickens. Well, they haven't been around a dog around, I mean, around fish. Oh, with yeah. With a cat, dogs are worse. Now, I know Diesel, Diesel, your dog had a, 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 what do you call it, a crustacean, a shell, hard shell, something allergy? No, not, not well, Diesel. Well, I've never fed. It was one of your dogs. Yeah, I've never fed any of my dogs any kind of uh, shellfish after this occurred. This was a a prior dog I had, Um, and twice it happened bad. I thought I killed it. I mean, I I was feeding it crab, uh, and it loved it. And and both times the next day, I thought the dog was going to die. It was so sick. I it was bad. Well, I have a Mastiff and a Black Bay, if you know, that's the dog that was, uh, Old Yellow was a Black Bay. Okay. So anyways, uh, anyhow, so I have all this broth, and I'm sitting there thinking, man, there's got to be a lot of nutrients in this. And what really made me think so is, uh, so I, I've got a, um, a Vac Master 215. Look this up, as much food prep as you do. They're a chamber sealer. They don't vacuum. You can seal a bag of water in this thing. 
yeah, phenomenal I, piece of equipment. That, that is my next kitchen purchase. I, I need a, a chamber. Yeah, they're, they're, right. they're completely worth it. Right. They're, they are completely worth it. They're very expensive, but the bags are cheap. The, you know, a, 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 a you, vacuum packer, the bags are just, it's like buying a copy machine. You buy the expensive copy machine, all your ink's cheap. You buy the cheap copy machine and they rob you for the ink. It, it's, it's however you want to pay them. You're going to pay them. You know, I but, was, uh, anyways, back I was to the ready deal. to pull the trigger on one of these. And the reason I was going to do it was because it would allow me to use bags for canning instead of jars. And I thought, you know, being able to can in a bag, like canning meat in a bag, would be really convenient for drivers and traveling and storage and all that instead of glass. So that's, and that's the only way you can do it. You have to have a chamber style sealer to use these bags. There's a name for the bags. I can't remember what they're called. Uh, but that you have to have a vacuum, a chamber machine to do it. The reason I didn't was I thought, wait a minute, what am I thinking? Why would I switch from glass to plastic and all these funky materials that I don't know? And yeah, it'd be more convenient, but I don't think I want to go down that road. So that's why I didn't get it. Yeah. But I, um, back to the kind of the question, have you, uh, have you ever looked to see what that broth, the nutrient values of that? Cause you, what I did is, um, we could large dogs will stick a quarter cup of that broth in with their dry dog food. And we buy a very high end dog food. Anyhow, when we'll mix it in there just to kind of moisten it up a little bit. Right. And they, them, they're jumping up and down oh, their, their whole body's wagon. They are now, flipped out to eat this stuff. I, I will tell you what I will feed to diesel and do it all the time is fish itself. Just not shellfish. He loves sardines. He loves yeah. mackerel. He loves right. salmon. The only thing you do have to watch with dogs on salmon, don't feed them rare salmon. I eat most of my salmon rare. Um, you shouldn't do that with dogs. Mm-hmm. It does need to be fully cooked if you're going to okay. feed salmon. There is a, a bacteria that could be in there that doesn't hurt us, but it's really tough on dogs. So I'll just make sure I, I cook. Hey, oh, I'll tell you what one of his absolute favorite treats is. If I go get a big, you know, side of salmon, I will um, cook it with the skin on. I actually like the skin. Um, I'll cook it with the skin on. When it's done, I'll take that whole piece of skin off and I'll put it in the oven on a sheet tray by itself and crisp it up. It comes Mm -hmm. out like the texture of a potato chip. And man, does he go nuts over that. Yeah, I can see that. And and the skin is very nutritious. Now, to answer your question, what are the nutrition levels? Hell, we don't know. We don't know the nutrition levels of anything. I, all we do is, is use averages and, and our best guess at all this stuff. It, you know, when you go in and you read that, um, you know, beef has 37 milligrams of zinc or, or whatever. Well, does every piece of beef have 37? And, of course not. How was the animal raised? There's so many variables in this that unless we tested everything, you know, we'd have to test the batch today. And when we made another batch tomorrow, we'd have to test it again or we'll never know what's in there. It's just our best guess. Do you think it'd be somewhat nutritious? Oh, it's it's absolutely nutritious. No, no, it's absolutely nutritious. Yeah, that's, you know, the answer here is I don't care what, the number might be 
this is real food and seafood has very unique nutrition. Mm -hmm. Seafood has a lot of things we can't get anywhere else. Iodine and there's some things that you only get from seafood. Another thing that made me think this was um, the boy married this lady, uh, this gal from Guatemala and 98% of her family has been up here for quite a while. They came up here like they were supposed to, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I've been to their to their houses, cousins, and all that. And um, uh, family time to them is—they're such wonderful people to be around. Family time to them is like a religion. Right. It's it's every weekend. Whether they got a work detail going, the women get together when they cook. I mean, they've got two grills going, a smoker, and all five <laughs> yeah. burners inside. It's like a, it is an operation. Right. And I love being around it. When they make tortillas, they actually make not not only what's going in the tortilla, they make the tortilla on a flat iron. Right. I mean, they make literally, they don't buy anything. Right. But ingredients. But anyhow, Christopher's wife, Angela, she she wanted some of that broth. It, she, that This was a new food to them. They haven't, Cajun cooking wasn't a thing in Guatemala, I guess. But <laughs> anyhow, uh, she, I, so I bagged her up five, five uh, quart bags of that. And uh, I asked her, so what are you going to do with that? And she goes, I will soak my noodles in it. That's what she said. Okay. I got thinking, you know, I bet you that's actually pretty damn good for you for a, a seafood broth anyway. Absolutely. Here And here's but, the other uh, thing I, you know, I don't make much bone broth anymore because Lona Life's so convenient. But when I do make bone broth, if I have any kind of seafood scraps around, shrimp shells, crab shells, um, fish heads, uh, fish bones, anything like that. And even if I'm making a beef stock, I'll throw all the seafood stuff in there with it. Really? Yeah. yeah. And I've made just straight seafood and, uh, for- broths as well. If I have enough, you know, seafood scraps or uh, when I was learning how to make bone broth, I would go to the fish market and ask for their heads and their carcasses and I would make just seafood broth. Um, but I have no problem throwing seafood parts into a beef broth. What would you do with seafood broth? Like this, here's a drink, but it's definitely... You smell it, it's it's a oh just use it for like a meal replacement type I thing. Drink it just like I drink beef, or I would cook with it too. Um one of my if I had to claim a signature dish, I cook all kinds of stuff, but if I had to say what what would be my signature dish, um it would be chipino. And chipino is a seafood stew. It's a tomato based broth with every kind of seafood you can imagine. And you just leave it all in the shell. You put clams and mussels in the shell, right in the soup. The crab legs will be in the shell. The shrimp will probably be in the shell. Uh, And then it's, it's got this really deep, rich tomato broth with all that seafood in there. I would use that seafood broth. Almost like a seafood bisque. Right. So typically the base of the broth that I I make this out of would be my tomato sauce from the garden. So it would start with tomato sauce. It's actually got a lot of butter, which is uh, pretty unique in a soup or a broth like that. I put about a pound of butter uh, in a big batch of this. And then I thin the tomato sauce out with clam juice. And then all the seafood goes right. in. Um, but if I had seafood broth... I would be mixing the seafood broth, the bone broth, and and the tomato sauce, and I would skip the clam juice. Hmm. Oh, by the way, speaking of you, you struck a chord. I was making um, 
cooking down. We was doing uh, zucchini, basically zucchini lasagna with chicken. Because my wife's got alpha gale syndrome. Okay. She can handle some a little bit of a little bit of pork, and she can have the cheese. But other than that, she has to stay away from most meats. But I was cooking down the sauce, and uh, I was looking up in my cupboard, and I seen flax seed, and I was like, got an idea. So in um, say two standard sized jars of sauce, sauce, uh, you know, Italian sauce. Yeah. I put a heaping tablespoon of flaxseed in there and where that, that saved me almost an hour on the burner cooking it, reducing that sauce. As it thickens up. Yeah. It, it did. But right. then uh, on the side note, if you do that, if you're like me and you like that basil taste, you're going to have to add a little, we grow our own herbs in the window seal. And, and if it, and nobody that does this, you just do it. I promise. It is phenomenally better, but yeah, you have to add a little bit more basil to have the same flavor. I don't know why the chemistry behind it, but yeah. you throw huh. that flaxseed in there, then my, but it'll take your basil, it'll knock your basil flavor down somewhat. You yeah, throw we can some more in. Throw in another still, handful. I will completely yeah, agree yeah. with you on fresh herbs. Yeah, it's a, another thing, a product I heard you talked about it, you know, back on your serious FSM days. So I bought one, absolutely love it, is an Instant Pot. Oh, yeah. And anybody that ever uses chicken broth at their house, especially if you can't find locally sourced chicken and you buy his chicken from the store, you you throw two pounds of chicken in there and pressure cook that, and the the broth that you're going to get, you'll never buy that Swanson's dirty dishwater looking (laughs) stuff in a box ever again. I promise you. That's right. And the difference in full. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. I love that Instant Pot. I bought the... I got the Instapot Duo with the fryer lid on it. Oh yeah, yep. it, it's the air fryer and uh, and the other. But uh, it, that's that's one appliance that actually never goes in the cupboard, and we use it that much. Yeah, I have the but, uh, the so dual think, um, the dual lid version too. There's the the separate lid for pressure cooking, and then the lid that's attached flips down for air frying. Yeah, see, I've got the air fryer and the other one with the basket and all that stuff, and. Yeah, but lovely appliance. But so you think uh, this this uh, broth I have here? You think you guy just uh, maybe use that for water, say, in your rice when you're uh, oh, absolutely rice cooker. Love that's another, another one, right? Another yeah. appliance. I love the rice cooker. Now that's another good use yeah, of. Just put I, it in there and just walk away. I do eat rice. You know, we haven't had rice in a month. I'll bet. Now for a while there, I was eating white rice every week, and 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 enjoying it. And there's zero health downsides to it. So um, I just, I guess I just haven't been thinking about it. We've been so busy, but I never, ever make rice with water, ever. It's always made with broth. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Beef broth, chicken broth. The Lona Life broth is fantastic for making rice. Yeah. Um, I want, have you heard of a product called parboiled rice? A friend of mine yeah. told me they have it at this one store. Yeah. And they, I but, guess they, they cook it a little bit with the husk uh, on and it, get, and it gets all the nutrients. Par, parboiled rice has been around longer than you and I. Okay. It, it, um, all um, of, it, other it, than it, that, would you throw it in uh, your rice cooker, the same process on my side? What, what's the name? Uh, Uncle Ben's instant rice? Is that just what they call it? Instant rice, I think. Been around forever. That's all that is, is Uncle parboiled Ben's. rice. They just really? pre-cooked it. Nutritionally, is it all? Well, here, hold on. Here's the thing. Um, I do not eat okay. rice for nutrition. White rice has very, very little okay. nutrition in it. Now, if that's why they told us for years, oh, you should be eating brown rice now. Well, brown rice does have more nutrition, 
but it's also got a lot of downsides, a lot of proteins that don't interact with us well. Um, brown rice can be very high in arsenic, of all things. Um, so white rice is almost like a completely different food. And what it is, is we've stripped everything off of it. There's almost no nutrition left. It's just starch. And that's why it doesn't really cause any problems. As long as you can handle that amount of starch and those carbs, there's really nothing else there. So I don't eat rice for its nutrition. I also no longer eat plants for their nutrition. All the studies, all the things, oh, there's the anti-inflammatory, it's anti-this, the, yeah, I'm, I don't eat plants for their nutrition anymore. If I'm going to get, I get all the nutrition I need from animal products. I eat plants because I like them. Right. Oh, another thing, uh, I run into a deal of locally sourced uh, grown rabbits. They were New Zealand meat rabbits. Yeah. And uh, I, I I made one over rice. Uh, I baked one. And uh, this gal, she's phenomenal. She They're, they're clean, killed, and dressed. Mm-hmm. And I work with her husband, so he'll actually bring them to me. Oh, nice. For uh, $15 per rabbit. <laughs> How much do they weigh? Yeah. So ready to... Re- oh, God, they're... Uh, I think they was 10 pounds. Oh, man, that's it's way better than buying that's chicken. That's cheap. Yeah. Well, I'll oh, tell you one man. thing. I went ahead and took a fillet knife. It's actually a boning knife. And uh, and I, I've kind of filleted the meat off the ribs. And I cut the loins and, and the, the back straps off them. And then quartered them up like a chicken. The front legs are smaller, so I left that rib meat kind of flap on there with that. Yeah. And I and I breaded them with with a little bit of uh, Cajun fish breading, so it's real, real, real thin layer, real light duty stuff. No egg bath or nothing. Skillet fried them in a uh, um, half Evo and half um, coconut oil. That was literally the best fried thing I've I'll, ever I'll ate bet. in my life. I bet. Um, I would try that but, with pink uh, or not panko. I'm sorry. I would try that with um, pork rinds. Do the same thing, grind up Ooh, pork, pork rinds. rinds. Yeah, grind up pork rinds, coat that the same way, fry those up. I will tell you, when it comes to taste, rabbit might be my favorite. I love the taste of yeah. rabbit. It's very, very lean, though. You have to make sure you eat a lot of fat with it. Yeah, well, I did, the, you know, the olive oil, you can get a little of that, that nutty flavor. So right. I just did half and half coconut and olive oil. Yep. And it it just dwelled, it blended well together. It was it was fabulous. But uh, yeah, if I anybody's ever thinking, ooh, rabbit, if I fixed you rabbit and I didn't tell you what it was, when you ate it, you'd be like, that is the best damn chicken I've ever ate in my life. Uh, it, it's, I promise. I know this is going to sound weird. And I think it's always weird when we describe savory foods as being sweet, but sometimes they have a sweetness level. And I think that's what it is with rabbit. You're right. Rabbit is very similar to chicken, except it's, it's sweet. And I know that sounds weird and it's not sweet like you're thinking, but it's sweeter. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I'm not a sweets guy. Like, uh, hardly, I don't put sugar in anything. Right. Um, Me either. Right. One, about the only time I'll cook sugar, you put use cook, uh, sugar would be like if I'm making a chili just to cut the acid a little bit. But I found if you use uh, more like a V8 blend juice instead of just tomatoes, you're just bringing more flavors to the table and less acidic. Yeah. So then you don't have to put less sugar in. You want to know what? I, just, I, look, it, I like to cook. I lo- if, if your chili is too acidic... I have an awesome hack for that. That is, it makes the best chili. Um, put in some pumpkin. What's that? Canned pumpkin. Really? Yep. Huh. 
Try that. I'll try that. Yeah, don't um, put don't say, put say sugar in your chili. Try. Pot, would you put one? Would you put one small can of pumpkin or one regular standard issue can? One small like can. can. One well, probably size. one small can. Okay. I would start with one small can and see how you like it. But it it makes it deeper right. and richer and thicker. And it cuts out the acidity without really making it sweet. The other, my chili um, is there's actually two kind of secret ingredients. And I guess they're not secret if I keep telling everybody, but um, pumpkin and chipotle. Right. Those two things go in my chili and it's really good. Okay, so uh, one final thing I'd like to ask you: When I make jambalaya, it's uh, I make my own roux, and it's uh, it's like a four or five hour deal for me to make a jambalaya because I tried to do it very authentic, but no no speed no speedy deal. But uh, I've always historically used brown rice because of the length of time cooking it; they they stay together, they don't mush out on you. But is there a white rice that would be comparable cooking wise that that would hang around better and not go to mush? No, you just put it in last. Okay. Yeah, you just put it in way, way, way at the end of the cooking time. Oh, and then, okay. That and would make sense. I, on my initial cook, if I'm going to put rice into a soup or stew like that, on the initial cook, I'll actually leave the rice a little al dente. Ah, that way it can finish in there and right. absorb some of that flavor. Right. I'll, uh, I'll, give, you a, I'll give you two uh, cooking hacks. Um, you gave me, you shared two with me. Uh, when you're making your rice, say if you're going to do a jambalaya and you're going to have shrimp in it and all that, take your shrimp tails off and throw them in the water and boil them and then yeah. strain them out and then make your rice in that water. Yeah. You'll be amazed at the flavor, the aroma that you get from just the tails and cases in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's the a great idea. flavor you're, that you're keeping. Yep. yep. And then... Um, Damn, what was the other one? There's another one I wanted to tell you. I lost it. You'll think of it as I soon as you hang up. up. With that. Yep. All right, man. All right. Good but, talking uh, to you. You too. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye. Let's go to, oh, we got about 15 minutes left. Let's go to California. Tom, welcome. <clears throat> yeah. Hey, Kevin. How are you? Good. What's on your mind today? Good. Nothing had to go to L.A. today. Just it's crazy. You know, that's crazy. But now, explain this to me. So it's like 745. You assume these people that are driving like they have to get their kit into the vet um, have to go to work at 8, right? So there, so there's this traffic, traffic. Then there's then it's 830. Still same amount of traffic, people driving like crazy. Well, you assume, well, maybe they have to be to work at 9. And then 9.15, you know, and they're like, these people don't have to be working at 10 o'clock in the morning. I, I just never understood <laughs> where are all these people coming from and where the hell are they going? <clears throat> you know, are they all late? Is there, are there, is everybody just late? Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. Um, hey, so uh, we were talking about uh, censorship and Big Brother earlier, and uh I've been with this company a little more than six years now, and I had to do one drug test when I started, and I didn't do any other drug tests. And then me and my buddy got to talking, and and uh, he's smoking pot and and uh, worried about if he's going to get uh, pinched. So I'm googling it, you know, um, how long does marijuana stay in your hair, you know? And sure enough, damn, I get pulled in for for random. Okay, that's cool, whatever. Um, and then uh, I was 
searching something else. Well, uh, so anyway, I was on Google searching these things, and then they had psychedelic mushrooms that, that are uh, in vogue now for, uh, like, uh, uh, post-traumatic stress and all that, and Googling that. So the in the in the since January, I've been pulled in four times for a random drug, no accidents, no tickets, no nothing, you know, four times. And now it's almost a game for me because I told my boss, I go, random r- my ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's just, he, yeah, this is crazy. This, this is crazy. He said, this has never happened before. You know what I mean? Right. And I'm like, so now I just fuck with them and I Google, well, how long does acid stay in your, you know what I mean? Now I'm just, it, just to see if I get pulled in again and watch. Next little roundabout, Tom's going to get pulled in, pulled in. I guarantee it. So yeah. Don't think that anything you do online is private, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so, um, oh, uh, you know, how they have like plush care, the telemedicine, teledoctor, we do the video chat, of course. Yeah. Uh, I thought a, I thought a great idea would be, be to do that, but just have functional medicine doctors, um, on your, you know, instead of regular doctors, just functional medicine doctors. I think that might be a pretty good hit. My um, my niece is going to go to the National University of Natural Medicine. I don't know uh, where that is exactly. and Probably up there in Portland, but who knows. And get her uh, naturopathic medicine and a master's in uh, Eastern nutrition. It's, it's going to take her. I don't know. It's like being a regular doctor. It's like you know, eight, nine years or something like that. So I think more people are getting into the naturopathic uh, medicine yeah, you know, to get away that, from all the drugs. The, the other confusing thing, if we look at conventional medicine, uh, virtually everything is controlled by the AMA, the American Medical Association. They set all the guidelines. They set all these val- lab values we talk about. They're the ones, you know, suing doctors if they don't prescribe statins when your cholesterol is over a certain number. It's very, very consistent because the AMA controls it all. And what we really mean is big pharma controls it all. And it's very consistent. Everybody marches to the beat of the same drummer Um, in the holistic health world. It couldn't be more different. We are all over the board. You you have to be careful. There are designations out there that I'm not all that impressed with at all. And they, they claim to be holistic really? or naturopathic or functional or yeah, there 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 is no one functional medicine. You know, there's the International Functional Medicine Association, that's kind of the big one, but it's not all that big really. You have people like uh, Chris Kresser who teach a functional medicine program and you can go on to become licensed. Um, My son is actually building his own program with a doctor. They will teach nutrition and blood work to people. Um, So the, the functional, holistic, natural health world is very fragmented and all over the place. Yeah, that needs to come under sort of a uh, one umbrella, but then then he then he gets so political and stuff. Hey, well, I I appreciate it. My load is that my I'm finally unloaded. So uh, thank you very much, and uh, have a good day. You're welcome. Have a great afternoon yourself. Let's go to 
Florida, and it looks like this is going to be our final call of the day. So, Nick, you get the last word. Good morning. Hey, how are you now? Good. Just as good. Actually, better than when um, I started. Good. Good. <laughs> hey, uh, off-the-wall question for you. Um, you guys were talking about dogs earlier, and uh, obviously you're big on canine. I'm assuming you're feeding your dog a raw diet or no? Yeah. Yep. Raw meat. Raw meat and organs. Okay. I, I just just curious as to I've never done that before, and I've got a I've got an English lab, and he's uh, about ten pounds overweight, and uh, I wanted to start him on a raw. I just wanted to see if you could give some advice on that. Um, I do raw frozen because it's convenient. Uh, I can't even remember the brand we use. We've been using it so long. Uh, there's several on the market. As a matter of fact, last night because we stayed out here, uh, we didn't have his usual raw frozen. So we got some Stella and Chewy's, which is virtually the same stuff. Um, so it's raw frozen. And then um, I'll feed him whatever meat or eggs or sardines I might be eating as well. But, but he gets the raw frozen um, every night. He gets a little bit of a really uh, clean, natural kibble. And mostly we put that in his food ball and he likes to play with it to get the kibble out. So uh, he does get a little bit of that, but it's it's clean and grain-free. Um, his dinner every night is just the raw frozen. And then anytime we're eating and we feel like feeding him, we'll give him whatever we're eating because it's always healthy anyway. His, his absolute right. favorite, sense. I will yeah. tell you, his absolute favorite, him and I are very similar. He loves chicken wings. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. So do I. Me too. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was looking at some of those online uh, frozen come in the mail things. And uh, I mean, geez, oh man, this one company I was looking at, it was going to be over $400 a month. Uh, and I did like the math. Like, he, no yeah, way. Like two, two pounds a day. Yeah, two pounds a uh, a day, and it was going to be like seven dollars a pound or something. I forget what the math was, but it was it was really high. And I'm like, well, I can go to the grocery store and and hand select stuff, and, and you know, do here, it that way instead. But uh, here's what I would do if if cost is a, I don't know what we pay for ours. I, I don't pay attention. I'm sure it's not that much a month. I, I'm sure it's not even close to that. But I don't pay attention to what the cost right. is, so I don't know. Uh, Lisa would be able to tell you if cost is a concern, just feed him meat. Yeah, no, that's what I planned on doing. Like just yeah, going to the grocery store and yeah, picking out whatever is like whatever on, you're on eating sale and whatnot. I mean, you should yeah. be eating a yeah. lot of meat. Well, and, I'm and, not going to give my dog. I'm not, I'm not giving my dog ribeye. Ribeye, ribeye. Pool and I just uh, well, you know, ribeye's not that big of a deal to give the dog. You give some ribeye scraps, the bone, let him chew on the bone. It's, it's it's cheaper than a lot of this high-end well, dog food. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was just looking. At, uh, wait, you know, and here's something else. Was like seventeen dollars. Here's something else. I've been meaning to mention this, and I don't know if I've said this or not. Um, I got thinking about what cuts of meat should be the healthiest, and clearly we know organs, but we're not going to eat organs every day, and you shouldn't. Um, there's no reason to eat liver every day. Liver a couple times a week is plenty. Um, but the most nutritious cut is ground beef. Right. You know, we think, oh, the ribeye has to be more nutritious. Well, why? It's not. 
The ground beef, we get the same muscle meat. We get more fat typically in ground beef, which is a good thing. And they typically throw in a lot of scraps, gristle and sinew and cartilage. And and now we know we should be eating that stuff. And that goes into the ground beef. Right. So I think ground meats are our most nutritious and they're typically the cheapest. Right. Yeah. So maybe just find a bunch of hamburger on sale. Exactly. Well, I, and, and I, I don't know. It's funny. You see, you see all these, uh, we feed raw programs and, uh, they got blueberries and green beans and this and that. And I'm like, just like you with the carnivores, like, look at our ancestors. We didn't eat that crap. Uh, and you know, bears eat berries when they go into hibernation to put weight on. Why, why do I want my dog to eat stuff, you know, blueberries and stuff like that if I'm trying to get them to lose weight? I, I, the food I have has a minimal amount of that stuff in there. It does have some, I'm not convinced it really adds to anything. I'm not convinced that it hurts them either. And I will say, um, very natural behavior. Diesel loves berries. Diesel eats raspberries and strawberries right right off the bush. Right. So I think there is a natural tendency for dogs, and I bet wolves probably did it at times as well. It's certainly not a big part of their diet, but the fact that they will naturally eat them right off the bush probably tells us that they do it in the wild too. Okay. Well, that's a good point. So, um, okay, great. Um, How how can I get a hold of Lisa to find out what you are using. This is curious. Uh, it might be a better option than what I'm trying to do. Uh, let me, she was just texting me. So if she's still paying attention, she might be able to tell me right now. Mm, let me ask her. And I can't talk and type okay. at the same time. So, yep. These old dog food. So I, I don't have a bag here. I would grab one. I can see it in my mind and I can't, we've been using it so long. I don't even know what the name is anymore. Right. Yeah, that, that that one I was looking at, I think it's called We Feed Raw, and uh, I saw on their thing, it was like 40-something dollars a week, and then I got reading further, and I'm like, it was just a promotion for two weeks, and then it went back up to like $110 a week. I was like, no, I'm not doing that. So That know. sounds great. Like I said, I don't know what the cost of a bag is. We have two bags that just show up on a subscription, and it's just about perfect as we're, we usually have one bag behind all the time and we've always got two and it just shows up and we feed him the same amount every night. I have never calculated what the cost is, but I don't think it's anywhere near that. Right. Right. Okay. Right. So yeah, I, I just kind of started listening to you a couple months ago and just went on carnivore about two months ago. I've, uh, I was, I had high blood pressure and, uh, started doing a bunch of what you're preaching as far as cardio miracle and carnivore and uh, I ordered one of your X3 bars. Haven't been home to get it yet, but uh, my blood pressure's been kind of all over the place. But uh, I am seeing some some progress. Today was the best day of uh, uh, the best reading I've had so far is one seventeen over seventy seven, which I'm oh, ecstatic about. That but, is uh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that's a good sign. I yeah. will tell you that one of the most stubborn biomarkers sometimes can be high blood pressure. We do get some people who eat really right. clean and just the eating alone doesn't do it. Um, usually adding the cardio miracle puts them over the top and, and gets down to the numbers we want. But occasionally I've also got to work with somebody on stress. 
Right. And I, I think that's what I, I my uh, deficiency is on the stress. Uh, I mean, I've been doing this. Uh, I'm, I'm only about 20 pounds overweight or was only 20 pounds overweight. And, and I've been doing this here for about two months and, and I've only probably lost five or six pounds, which I thought I would be 20 pounds uh, yeah. down by now. But uh, it's going really slow for me this time around. Uh, and I've been pretty darn religious. One thing I, I uh, was eating that I didn't realize was so high in carbs was pistachios. I'll, I'll oh, go yeah. down the road and be just feeding yeah. on pistachios. So, yeah, and uh, those are I've cut those out. Uh, those are those kind of snack foods that if you have them handy, you will overeat them every time. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was eating a uh, pretty much a big, pretty yeah. good sized bag every day. So, yeah. So um, a, a, a couple things yeah. that that could have caused some issues: the stress. Uh, if we think your your blood pressure was stubborn because of the stress, stress will really affect weight loss. Right. Okay. All right. But the fact that you just got a reading of 117 over 77 is outstanding. Yeah. Yeah, that's the best one yet. And that was just this morning. So Excellent. I started, uh, started uh, checking my ketone levels. And, and uh, uh, the best I've got so far was 0.9. Um, and I've only checked it probably four times. I've had 2.9s. Um, so have I, you, I think I'm um, getting there. Have you tried our brain octane? Uh, I'm using the bullet MCT oil. Is that what you're talking about or no? So the bulletproof is the brand. Um, they make MCT oil and they make brain octane. So here's the difference. Okay. All of these oils come from coconut. MCT oils are very popular. There's a lot of MCT oils on the market. An MCT oil could be all four of the fats from coconut oil. It will probably be a combination of just C10 and C12, so or maybe even C8 and C10. So the, there's four fats in coconut oil, C6, C8, C10, and C12, and it's based on the number of bonds. The lower the number, the, the faster and better they will produce ketones. So C6 would be our best option for producing a lot of ketones fast. But from what I gather, I've never tried it because I've never even seen it, but I guess it tastes bad, like really bad. Um, And then the funny thing is the next one that would be the next best C8 has no taste whatsoever. It is one of the most neutral oils I have ever tasted, just nothing. And that's what brain octane is. Brain octane is pure C8. The MCT is C8 and C10. So if you want to produce the most ketones fast, you would use the brain octane. My guess is if you got up and did like two tablespoons of brain octane in the morning, whether it was on your coffee or something else, um, you would see that number jump up to probably about 1.5. Okay, oh, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. Right now, I'm using the uh, the bullet in in my coffee with some butter and a little splash of cream. And um, yep. but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give that a try. Uh, I just placed a big order from you guys about I don't know a week and a half ago or so. Thank bone you. broth and a bunch of your products. Uh, you. Yep, light balance and all kinds of good stuff. Appreciate monkey it. Monkey brittle and yep. So yes, sir. I appreciate all you're doing too. Uh, this this channel's really uh, educated me big time, and and it's it's uh, invaluable for sure. So 
Excellent. Excellent. Very good. All right. We will look forward to talking to you again soon. We're going to wrap this up. We went the full three hours today on a Monday. It's, uh, It's good stuff. All right. What's going on the rest of the week? Uh, I think it's pretty normal. I don't plan on, I don't think we have any guests this week. We might have something on Wednesday. I'm not sure. Uh, The rest of the week should be pretty normal. I do not think we're going to get to any spaces this week. Just have way too much stuff I need to spend time on. If I do get some free time, maybe we'll jump in for a quick one. Um, No promises. We'll see you back here tomorrow for the Power Hour. Be safe. Be profitable, be fit and healthy, always do the hard work and master the journey.